Welcome to the Kent Lab Podcast, featuring long-form conversations offering wisdom, hope, and community. Now here's your host, Kent Lapp. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Kent Lapp, and welcome to episode 23 of the Kent Lapp Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to bring you my conversation with Evan Beach. Evan, along with his wife, Caitlin, is the founder, owner, and head coach of CrossFit Forte in Nashville, the gym I've been a part of for probably close to two years. Evan is a CrossFit Games Central East Regional Individual Competitor, a certified CrossFit Level 3 trainer, a Catalyst Athletics Level 2 weightlifting coach, and has a Certificate of Nutrition from the University of Wisconsin in Milwaukee. I've been a part of a few CrossFit gyms now, and they each have their particular positive traits, but CrossFit Forte would have to be my favorite gym I've been a part of, I would say. I believe in part due to the location, uh, the building itself, and even the fellow members, but the biggest factor would have to be Evan himself. Uh, He runs the gym extremely well and truly is a great coach. From beginner level to the very best, everyone fits in, feels a part, uh, and will be pushed appropriately, which of course is important. So I really mean this when I say, if you're in Nashville and you're not pleased with your current health, you really should check out CrossFit Forte. Don't be intimidated, really. This stuff is for everyone, uh, and it works. I know Evan would love to see you there, and heck, so would I. In this episode, we talk about CrossFit, of course, diet, nutrition, the central role of physical health, vegetarianism, the carnivore diet, the common denominators of the most successful CrossFitters, and a bunch more. I really uh, was looking forward to having Evan on the show and uh, hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Just a reminder that if you find this podcast interesting or helpful, you may want to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast channel. You may also be interested in checking out the Kent Lap Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, as we're pulling and posting 5, 10, 15, 20-minute uh, clips from these conversations. And we also post additional content uh, there as well that you can't find elsewhere. So you may want to check out Can't Let Podcast on YouTube and potentially subscribe there as well. Other ways to stay in touch with the show would be online at kentlap.com and on Twitter and Instagram, simply at kentlap. Lastly, if you're enjoying the show and know someone else who may find it beneficial as well, would you consider telling them about the show? Word of mouth is always uh, my preferred method of spreading the word, and I really appreciate that. So without any further ado, I give you my conversation with Evan Beach. Enjoy. Evan Beach, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I was really looking forward to having you, actually. I have lots of CrossFit questions. And health and fitness questions. Good. I'm uh, hoping I can <laughs> apprise you of what I know. What um, I, we were talking, let's just jump in right here. We were talking right before the podcast on a little bit about psychedelics and Michael Pollan. And I pointed this book back here, How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. You said Michael Pollan has actually made a difference in your life. And it wasn't even through that book. What's all that about? Yeah. So back in 2008, when I was uh, studying nutrition at University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Uh, I was kind of getting into like, uh, I guess if, uh, if you will, paleo type diet, like Mm. I was researching that. And this is right around the time also that I kind of was learning or heard about CrossFit and Michael Pollan's book. I went to my parents' house one time. My dad actually rented it and i th- i think 2008 is when the book in 
defense of food, which is the one I'm referring to, mm-hmm. came out. Uh, my dad had actually rented it or borrowed it from the library, whatever you do. Do you rent books from the library? I think library? you just pick them up. <laughs> okay. I don't know what word like in what, How use. does the library work? He's been there with Do you the, borrow or rent? I think, you, not... I think you borrow. I think you borrow. I think if you have a library card, you just take the stuff. Okay. And then if it's late, then they charge you a fee, okay. and that's how they maybe make their money. Anyway, it was, it was, on, it was on my dad's uh, table, and uh, I picked it up and flipped through some of it, and I kind of recited what it or one of these pages was talking about omega-3 fats. And I was telling my dad, that I was like, oh, I was actually researching this stuff. And he's like, wow, you know quite a bit about it. It's like, have you read that book before? I was like, hmm. no, I haven't. So, but I went home and I think I ordered a copy. I got a copy somehow. I don't know. And uh, it's, a, it's a really good book. And it kind of hmm. opened my eyes to uh what I was, I guess, really interested at the time, hmm. uh, which is nutrition, um, how it affects your life, where it comes from, and how it plays a role in everyone's uh, well-being. Mm-hmm. Do you grow up in Wisconsin? I did. Ah, I didn't know that. A suburb of, well, I was born in the town, in the city of Milwaukee, okay. but I grew up in, mostly in uh, Shorewood, Wisconsin, for probably close to 10 years, seven years, something like that. And then Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin mm. for uh, middle school and high school. Do you have siblings? Yes. Three brothers. I've got one older brother. Really? And three young, two younger brothers. Yeah. So there's four of you? Four, four brothers. Four boys. And yeah. is health and fitness, it strikes me as um, uh, maybe not abnormal, but I don't think your average house has a book in defense of food that the dad's reading. So is your whole kind of family geared towards health and fitness? Right. To be honest, um, I would say, especially back then, back in 2008, my dad didn't really have an interest in eating well. So I I don't, it was just luck that he happened to rent that book from the library, I think. Because growing up, there was never like uh, any push on the kids to eat well. Mm. Right. Um, so although my parents did exercise a lot, uh, their di- they never followed a specific diet mm. or pushed certain foods on us. They tried mm-hmm. to make us eat veggies, right, as kids, you know, because okay. that was the that was just the ubiquitous it's healthy for you for right. that everyone knows, right? Eat your ve- eat your veggies. Yeah. Um but no, uh yeah, health and uh, health and fitness wasn't really pushed on us as children. Okay, are your brothers into CrossFit or exercise in any? So my older brother, we're all three years apart. My older brother is pretty healthy. And he he works out quite a bit, mm-hmm. and he was a member of a CrossFit gym uh, back in 2013, 2014 for a little while, but he no no longer is a member at a CrossFit mm-hmm. gym. He's just a member at a normal gym and mm-hmm. does CrossFit type workouts there. Oh, okay. Um but he yes, he uh exercises uh regularly. Mm-hmm. Any any of the brothers in Nashville? No, they're okay. all still in Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Um two younger brothers are not not healthy. Do oh, not really? exercise. Hmm. Yeah, unfortunately. Hmm. So even though I've made a whole career and livelihood, my livelihood is CrossFit. Um, 
it hasn't been enough to convince my two younger brothers that they should do it. Even though I force them to do it whenever they come and visit oh, me. Oh, do you really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> but isn't that the worst though? Like if someone doesn't work out, if they go do a CrossFit workout like twice in a weekend or something. Like, yeah. Is that just, that's gotta be so, I mean, those poor guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause every time I've start, started and stopped CrossFit, I don't know, three or four times in the last five years. And Every time I restart, I go real slow and easy for the yeah. first couple of weeks. Oh, I, I'm I'm a witness of that. Yeah, <laughs> I've restarted me. your gym like two, or, well, probably twice, two or three of those times. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know you studied uh, nutrition in college. Was that an yeah. area of interest that kind of you know came on late, or is that something uh, you've been interested in, like in high school? Or? It came on late for okay. sure. Uh, in high school, believe it or not, uh, I I was a vegetarian for a few years, like a year and a half, two years, um, for the entire purpose of, you know, trying to save the animals, right? Really? There was no, no health aspect. I think I was trying to focus on by being a vegetarian. Hmm. I was just, you know, some of my friends were doing it. You're easily influenced as a youngin, mm-hmm. and I tried it for myself. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad I got out of that. Hmm. So you went vegetarian, not for the health benefits or health reasons, just looking out for the animals. Right. Right. What do you think? Do you think that used to be more common or do you think today the, what do you think the percentage is for vegetarians today that are doing it out of kind of help or respect for the animals and are doing versus health benefits for themselves? It's, it's really hard to say. Um, I would say ever since that, documentary game changers came out just a few months ago. I don't know if you've seen Mm -hmm. it, uh, that I don't think that really focused on the animal animals well-being. Right. It was more about the health benefits of it. Yeah. Um, so you have this, and I've been asked by so many of my clients about that movie. Um, and they are mostly doing it for the quote unquote health benefits. Mm -hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, on veganism or vegetarian? Were you, were you vegetarian or vegan? Vegetarian. Which is not quite as hardcore as vegan? Right. So okay. I didn't eat. There's, you know, the whole bunch of different classes of vegetarianism and I guess veganism, if you will. Uh, I didn't eat animals. I mm. didn't eat eggs. Mm. But I had a ton of cheese and okay. milk and, you know, animal products. Okay. So dairy was still, that was like my go-to food, dairy. Mm. Um, what do I think of it? I think uh, this is a touchy subject for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it can work. Mm-hmm. I think uh, especially if you supplement with certain vitamins and... Uh, and maybe omega three fats. It can be it can mm-hmm. be helpful, uh, but it's definitely something that you need to measure. If you're a vegan, especially, definitely something that you really need to pay attention to uh, and get get your blood work done. Mm-hmm. But I think it can work for for people. Mm-hmm. Certain people will thrive on it, um, and I think certain people will will do really poorly on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a noble factor in being a vegan when uh, when you're doing it for the animal's well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, to say that it is healthier than a diet in which you consume meat 
is, I mean, there's no, there's no scientific, there's no empirical evidence right. to support that. Right. Isn't B12 one of the most things, right. the, the, one of the more common things you'd want to watch out for if you're going to go vegetarian? Right. Yeah. I, I think it's like impossible to get B12 from any animal products or sorry, mm-hmm. from any plant sources. Mm. It is, if you don't have B12 in your diet, you, you're pretty much going to die. Hmm. Like it's, it's that, that essential. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and then you have, you have omega-3 fats. And while there are plant sources of omega-3 fats, uh, like ALA, I think it's uh, alpha linoleic acid or something like that. I think that's what it stands for. Um, you can get it in plant sources, but your body converts it to uh, EPA and DHA. So it's not a really good, and it, we're bad at converting it into these different forms of omega-3 fats mm. that, that our body needs. Mm-hmm. And some animals are really good at converting. So ALA comes from uh, plant sources, converting those ALA omega-3 fats into EPA and DHA. Mm. And then if we eat those animals, that's the source we get. EPA and DHA. Okay. It's, it's confusing. I don't yep. know if you want to get into it, but yep. there are certain things that if you're a vegan, you should supplement with. Otherwise, right. you're, you, you're highly likely to develop problems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that documentary was fascinating. Game Changers on Netflix. And then... Um, I also watched the, I think Joe Rogan had two episodes on it because I think the one guy was on by himself. and Yeah, Chris Cresser. Yeah, Chris Cresser was on, just him and Joe, and then they had Chris Cresser and then the guy who did the documentary, right? The fighter, what was his name? Um, I remember, you know who I mean. He he was kind of... James something. Yeah, but he was behind that documentary. Right. Um, I don't know enough about it, honestly. But it, to me, it makes sense that if you are going to do that, it would make sense logically with my super beginner level of understanding of nutrition is like you're going to be missing some things. And so you want to complement those with vitamins or whatever that whatever you need to do. If you're not going to be eating a certain food group, you still need some of those benefits from that. Yeah. Um, what about um so nutrition is tricky in that in that way like uh you'll you'll hear Chris Cresser talk about like if you completely shun and avoid certain foods like zero meat or you have now there's a big uh group of people who are carnivores and eat simply only meat okay nothing else uh there's micronutrients that you'll get from so vitamins and minerals that you'll get from plants that you cannot get from meat mm-hmm. and then there's micronutrients vitamins and minerals that you can get from meat that you cannot get from plants mm-hmm. so it's they both have benefit yes right Did and you- we we evolved to be omnivores you know eat both mm-hmm. you know for a reason yeah totally agree and did you uh, ever try the carnivore diet uh funny that you asked yeah about a month ago, I did six days straight mm-hmm. of nothing but meat. Yeah. Six days. Eggs too? Eggs, yes. You did? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And and cheese? I can't remember now. If it's no right. cheese. Is, okay. If you're a strict carnivore, it's meat what they eggs. typically allow. 
um, is yeah, meat, chicken, fish, mm-hmm. eggs. Yep. How Those, how was that? So I stuck to mostly beef, and you know, I my dad consists of mostly meat uh, mm-hmm. in general, <clears throat> but uh, it was. It was not bad for those mm-hmm. five days. Uh, I didn't feel a lag in energy. Um, uh, my bathroom habits were normal. Um, my, I felt all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was simple in the fact that you don't have to like pick what you're going to eat. You know what you're going right. to eat. Okay? Yeah, it's that's meat. what I liked about it. Yeah, but it's it's extremely difficult in the fact that with a house a a pantry, a fridge full of other foods right. that you can only eat that one, yep. um, that one group of foods. Yep. Yep. Did your wife do it too or just you? Absolutely not. Really? No. Yeah. <laughs> Were you just testing it or? Um, yeah. So about a year, let's see, J- July of 2018, I also did it for about a week. Um, and then I did it again for about a week. It wasn't planned. I was just like, you know, today it was a Sunday. I remember. I was like, I'm only going to eat meat today. Mm-hmm. And then it went into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the mm-hmm. last until Friday. Friday, I went to Vegas, and I wasn't only going to eat meat in Vegas right. when, uh, <laughs> when they have so many other options. Yeah. Fall of 18, I did it for seven days. Nice. Yeah, and just meat and eggs. And um, I, uh, I enjoyed it. It's, I don't know. I did it because I heard about it uh, through, I think it was Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently it's helped his daughter who has some autoimmune diseases and things like that. Yeah. Uh, maybe even Jordan Peterson tried. I'm not sure. But um, Michaela Peterson, his daughter, yeah. is like one of the main spokespersons for it. Yeah. And my understanding is she still does like, this is not like a, a one month or two month stint. Like she just eats the carnivore diet all the time. Yeah. And she's even more, I don't think she has eggs. I mm. think she has beef and salt and water. That is wow. her entire diet. Wow. So I enjoyed it cause I love meat. I like meat. Um, and, um, I'm pretty sure I do not have the healthiest gut, you know, I, and so according to my wife anyway, because truthfully, if I do not exercise and I eat kind of just whatever I happen to eat and not really watch it. After I eat, I will feel sick every time. Um, and stress has something to do with it too. But I thought it was normal. I thought everyone felt this way until we were married for a couple of years. This was 10, 12 years ago. And um, I just mentioned like, oh, I kind of feel sick. Like it was after dinner. And she's like, you, you often feel sick after you eat? I'm like, yeah, all the time. Like, like, what yeah, kind of, everyone does, right? What, <laughs> <laughs> everyone feels a little sick after they eat. Like, this is normal. What What's going on? Like, how, how do you feel sick? Um, <clears throat> my stomach feels kind of full. It feels a little bloated, and it just feels a little yucky. Like, I don't have the shits or anything. I don't feel like I need to go throw up. I just feel um, like for, I don't know, just for a short period of time, hour, two hours, whatever it is, where I'll just feel gross. But I can tell it's just feeling gross in my gut. Mm-hmm. Um, if I eat clean, uh, like what w- the diet that feels like it makes the most sense or that my body appreciates is more of a keto type. So if I eat keto and I'm working out even just three days a week, then then I don't feel that that often. Like I'll have to eat some crap to feel crappy. Yeah. But if I am not eating 
real clean and I'm not working out, I'll feel gross after I eat. Like that's just common. Um, and that's another thing. I, uh, another reason I like the, um, like, I guess now it's called intermittent fasting. I just think of it in terms of basically skipping breakfast and lunch. Generally I don't eat until one or two o'clock every day. And I like to work out on an empty stomach. Um, I feel good. And then you eat and you don't feel bad. So I've had to kind of, I think my gut's messed up. So anyhow, I wanted to try the carnivore diet because I just heard about it. So I did it for seven days. What I liked about it is you can eat as much as you want. So you don't have to, you know, monitor, you don't have to ration your food or starve yourself. You can eat as much as you want. Um, But after only seven days, I got tired of steaks, man. I didn't think I would feel that way, but I got tired of like uh, grilling or eating a bone-in ribeye. Like I got tired of that after seven days. Yeah. (laughs) But the good thing is... Would you have that for... Okay, so you intermittent fast. So would you have like two meals? Yes. After 1 p.m.? Yes. I would have a steak at around between noon and one, generally speaking, um, a bone-in ribeye or, you know, uh, just a boneless ribeye. Um, I don't know why I was eating so many ribeyes. I think I just went to the store and just bought a few that week. But, uh, and then, and then you feel full, you know, you feel full, you feel satisfied. And then I would eat usually like at mm, six, seven o'clock then and have more meat for dinner. And then my snack was bacon <laughs> because I'm a ruthless snacker. That is that dude. I, that is my problem is snacking in the evenings. So if I could have some bacon, I grew up having bedtime snack and on these, these guys have bedtime snack. They won't go to sleep without a bedtime snack. They get it from my side of the family. So you yeah. got to have some, something to eat in the evening. So that's what I liked about the carnivore diet is you could eat some bacon. You could eat some stuff in the evening. Um, I felt good. I, I did feel like this is one thing I've heard that um, you don't have kind of the spikes in energy or the drops. And I did I did notice that. Like I felt mostly I would feel really full, but I didn't feel like my energy was going up and down all over the place. Like if you were to eat a lot of breads or sugary type stuff. Um, but uh, it felt, it didn't feel, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. It just felt like. You didn't feel gross after you ate. No, no, I didn't, I didn't feel gross. No. That's I, a good it, sign right there. I think so. Yeah. It felt like it was healing. Oh, this is what it was. It was a friend who did it um, for like a month and it fixed some problems for him. Um, so I tried it for a week. I didn't feel gross, but it felt like, uh, it felt like, you know, maybe this is not the best thing to do long term. Just because all these other things are out there, they're meant to be eaten too. So I quit after seven days. Yeah, and that's you know that's the the main concern for for most people. It's like you know I follow a lot of healthcare professionals uh, on Twitter and whatever, and uh, we have a ton of people who are really thriving on the carnivore diet, like fixing gut issues like what you're having, fixing. Uh, psychological issues, fixing, um, you know, obesity issues, whatever, a ton of stuff is being fixed. Um, but we don't have that much data for how it's going to affect people long-term. And that's what people's main concern is. Right. right? So, so you have people who, there are people that you can talk to have, who have, um, just done it for tens for dozens of years. Like I was uh, reading about this one guy who Dr. Sean Baker, who's like the doctor who's, you know, the, the big spokesperson for the, uh, the carnivore diet. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, 
but he's been doing it for several years and he knows somebody who's been doing it for like 15 or 20 years and Mm. this person is perfectly fine. Mm. You know, one person, you know, this anecdotal evidence doesn't, doesn't prove anything, but that's what people are concerned about. Is it, is it healthy long term? Right. Yes. By the way, I forgot to offer you one of these. Do you want a CBD joint? No, I'm good. I've got more over there. Yeah. If CBD did anything for me, I would... I would probably can't feel take, anything. Take you up on that it's offer. It's supposed to. Um, this is only the second one I've had. It's supposed to make your body feel more relaxed. Yeah, I'm not sure that I really felt anything from it. To be honest with you, <laughs> and it smells just like but, marijuana. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but like I like identical. Yeah, it does. I've, I've I've purchased one of those before and tried it myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I still have half the joint in my. Do you house. really? Yeah. These little suckers are seven bucks. Just for this right here. Yeah. It's crazy. Well. But uh, I like to smoke stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I have for years. So, um, Were you ever a this, cigarette smoker? No. No, no, no. Oh. No. So I guess I should probably qualify that. The truth is I haven't smoked a ton of like different types of stuff. Um, but I do like the act of smoking something. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Yeah. Made the decision to move to Nashville, uh, basically in our woods in upstate New York, Sunday afternoon, smoking cigars. Uh, there's something about being out in the woods, being out in nature and smoking a cigar. It's hard. It's hard to beat. Um, I was going somewhere that I was going to ask you is, um, well, we were the, talking about long-term carnivore, yeah. intermittent fasting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that book, what was in that book then in 08 that kind of, what did you see in there that resonated? What did you read that? that kind of changed your thought processes or what, what was significant about that? Defense of food by Michael Pollan. Uh, man, it's, I don't know. There was a, just a ton of stuff in there that kind of made you realize that food is more than just this thing you have to do to put in your body to survive. Hmm. You know, what you put into your body matters, um, where it comes from matters, uh, all sorts of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it, it kind of just opened my mind up, opened my eyes to, uh, to see that what you put into your body matters and it affects every, every aspect of your health. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and my dad and my mom were, are pretty unhealthy. I think, especially my dad, I could probably argue the same thing for my mom. Uh, had they eaten differently, uh, they would probably be in better health. Like my mother has had breast cancer three times. Really? Yeah. So she was first wow. diagnosed in early 90s when I was like 10 years old. She was like 38 or 9 or something like that. Was in remission for, I think, 17 years or so. And then in 2011, she was diagnosed, or 2012, diagnosed again. And then she beat that. And then in 2017, she was diagnosed again. And now she's like two or three years in remission. She's okay now? Yeah. Um, she's she's actually, she's a nurse and... Uh, she is, she convinced her and she's like one month away from retirement. Oh, wow. And she convinced uh, her employers that 
you know, since she's at, she's got high blood pressure too. She's super high risk for coronavirus. Mm. Uh, she convinced them that she shouldn't work right now. So okay. thankfully she's, yeah, she's, uh, she and my dad are just cooped up at their house. No way. And did, did she have to go back and work a month and then retire or can she just retire now? I guess we'll see what happens with this coronavirus stuff. Okay. Um, but she's uh, waiting for her 65th birthday in early May to retire and get the, what is it, Medicare? Okay. When you retire. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> luckily she's not working right now. Yeah. And uh, my dad, just plethora heart disease, arthritis, uh, hypertension, pretty much everything but diabetes and cancer. He's he's a little bit older. He's almost seventy five, and you know what? I I don't want to end up like that. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people on his side of the family have died of a heart attack. He's mm. had several heart attacks. Uh, oh wow! And basically, it's up to me to fix that. I'm a true right. true believer in um, genetics loading the gun, mm-hmm. right? But your your lifestyle and your actions pulls the trigger, mm-hmm. right? So you might be handed a shitty hand of cards, mm-hmm. but you can do something about that. Right. You know, and the two basic things, two probably most important, th- three most important th- things, diet, physical activity, and I guess you could argue sleep. Mm-hmm. Sleep is the one that doesn't get talked about a ton. When you say sleep, are you just th- saying, look, get six, seven, eight hours of sleep a night? Right. Try okay. to try to prioritize prioritize sleep. Right. Um, yeah. Because it affects many other aspects of your mm. life, and people don't really realize that. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know the science behind sleep, but for me, it's not a problem because I need sleep. Like I don't. If I'm not getting. Like if I if I go to bed at say eleven, sleep till seven, that's eight hours. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm generally yeah. getting seven, eight hours of sleep. Yeah. I mean, and if I don't, I'm grumpy, dude. Uh, I don't yeah. function yeah, I can't function on four, five, six hours of sleep. Yeah. No, I need sleep. Yeah, and you know, there's there's certain groups of people like Jocko Willink, I'm sure you're familiar with mm-hmm. him. You know, he posts a picture of his his watch every day at four thirty in the morning and mm-hmm. you know, he talks about how he went to bed at one in the morning and Golly. you know, it's just like but I mean not so he's kinda saying that sleep doesn't matter. Get up and do what you need to do anyway. Yep. But then you have this whole other group of people, a whole bunch of science emerging how important it is. Yeah. And how you know, if if you don't sleep, you're not you're more likely to get this, this, and that mm-hmm. disease wise. Right. You know? Yeah. I've heard that it it's not so much it matters more about how much sleep you get like in a ten day period than it does on whether you got like three hours last night or eight hours last night. And that may be the case for a lot of people, but if I'd have gotten three hours last night, I'd be dogging right now big time. Yeah. You know, like I need enough of sleep per every single night. Yeah. But when you talk about what you know, what we put into our mouths, that is like, that is my, my wife has helped me tremendously in that regard because she's all about it. And without her, you know, slapping my wrist, feeding the family really well, she's passionate about it, learning things. Like I, I would not be eating very good on a normal basis if it was not for her. But now that I've learned enough about it and heard her in read articles and stuff like it makes total sense Mm -hmm. but why is it so hard 
why is it so hard to eat right? Because, you know, if I'm watching um, some TV, what do I want to do? I want to eat freaking pretzels, you know? I want to eat a little some chips with some salsa or, you know, if you go to the movies, you just want that sugary, like, Sour Patch Kids, like, all that crap. Yeah. Um, And, like, sugar is... Probably the sugar has to be the most devastating drug of our time. I mean, yeah. it has to, it has to be. Yeah, one of them. But no. so it's so hard to. Why is it so hard to eat right? Well, they they ha- they have an entire industry devoted to making foods so hyper palatable, as tasty as possible. That once you have one, it turns on these. Your dopamine gets released as soon as you taste it, mm-hmm. and it makes you want to have another one. It's mm-hmm. it's essentially drug like, right? right? Yeah. And those hyper palatable foods are seriously found everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you go to a gas station, you go to a movie theater, you go to a sports sporting event. Um, those are the foods you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and sugar, sugars, you know, it's uh. It's taken its toll on mm-hmm. on uh, the health of the world. Yeah, you know we have there's like cultures that have uh, been super healthy eating their the foods that they you know uh, I guess evolved to eat in their habitat. But once you know they came in contact with the civilized people and get sugar, their health starts to deteriorate. Oh, I mean, it's, and it totally stands to reason too. Like that's not even, that stuff's not even, most of that stuff's not even natural. Like it's synthetic, man-made, but, uh, but help, but diet and exercise is two areas where honestly, I need motivation to stay on the path. Mm-hmm. Like last night I watched documentary on CrossFit again. And guess what? This morning I worked out. You know what I mean? Which one? Um, the... The redeemed, the dominant, the redeemed, and the, the redeemed and the dominant. Yeah, the redeemed and the dominant. Yeah, it's like two hour documentary, and um, it was really, it was. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but uh, but then like in the last week, I also watched that one on um, Froning. Mm-hmm. Rich is it Rich Froning? Rich Froning, yep. And because um, I wanted to, so I've been around CrossFit for a few years, but I don't know. I've never paid that much attention to the games and just who the players are and. Um, I've never really followed it, but, uh, haven't watched a few of those. I think I'd like to follow it a little bit more, like almost like a sporting event. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I would say the majority of people who CrossFit don't know anything about the CrossFit games mm-hmm. or who they might know Matt Frazier or Tia Claire Toomey or mm-hmm. Rich Froning, just cause those are the most popular CrossFitters. Those mm-hmm. are the winners. Um, but the people who place, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, uh, mm-hmm. they don't know anything about it. Yeah. Or like, I would say probably 80% of our members at the gym, I probably couldn't have a conversation with them about what is currently going on in mm-hmm. the sport of CrossFit. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Sure. Yeah. But there's a bunch of documentaries yes. out on Netflix where you can watch and get into the sport of CrossFit. Totally. I, I would be in that 80% for sure. Um, certainly was. But uh, but when you see what those guys go through and how hard they train, and then you realize the only thing that's really different 
between them and me is, all right, well, sure, I don't have Froning's uh, body makeup, body type, maybe. However, You're he puts there. in the work. Oh, like, yeah. they just put in the work. Yeah. And we think, like, on one level, it's like, it's so easy. Eat right and put in the work. And then you get to f- probably feel like that, look a little bit like that, um, you know, and and feel good and have energy. And the difference is you just need to eat, like you need to put in the work. Like yeah. it's just as easy as like just deciding to do it. But but this, but I frustrate myself because um, I need continual motivation to, to like stay in that, just to stay on that path. Mm-hmm. And I know, dude... And by the way, uh, exercise for me is a lead domino. We just talked about this the other day with someone else, but it's not diet for me. Exercise is a lead domino. In other words, I can start eating right, and that does not necessarily dictate that I'll start exercising, feeling better, having a better outlook, having be less kind of lethargic, less depressive, whatever. Um, but if I exercise, then I will start eating right because, dude, I've half a dozen times at least in the last 10 years like this is i've seen this pattern if i start exercising i will eat healthier um then i'll have a better outlook and i'll be just more active i'll be the that the exercise is the lead domino for me if i can knock that one over a a couple others just knock over immediately good no that's uh you're not the only one who feels that way yeah uh and that's a great thing uh for me personally, the days that I do not work out, like yesterday I didn't work out, I eat more mm-hmm. and I crave food that I normally wouldn't if I did work out. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's just me personally. But, but um, this is, but this is the frustrating thing is I know when I stop working out, then I'm going to start eating more crap and I'm going to feel you know, less active, feel less energy, be more depressive and things like that, have less mental. I know that for a fact, a hundred percent. There's no doubt in my mind. Have you, and yet I still do it sometimes. Have you pinpointed why you fall out of, I guess, motivation? Yeah. Generally it would have something to do with something going on at work that needs attention. It needs like a hundred percent high stress. And I'll just be like, all right, well, you know, I don't have time for this other stuff. I'm just going to go. I need, this needs my full attention right now. That's, that's the most common. Yeah. Well, motivation is, is pretty fickle, Mm -hmm. right? You know, it's, uh, it comes and goes. Yeah. So don't rely on it. Right. You have to really want the outcome that exercise is going to bring. Yes. Uh, So if you rely on motivation, if you rely on like, watching those CrossFit documentaries yep. to want to work out, just know that that's going to come in waves, Yes, right? And it's not going to last forever. So it's just yep. like, got to make yourself do it. And discipline is, is what you'd have to rely on. Yes. A summer of 2017, I was decently fit and um, was CrossFitting consistently at the gym in Mount Juliet, which is where we lived up until last year when we moved just south of Nashville. But, um, I remember we had a, I was, I was crossfitting three days a week pretty consistently and we had a pull up bar at the office and, um, we'd push the bottle on Amazon. It wasn't even that, I think it was like 30 or 40 bucks and we hung it on the wall and, uh, I was working hard on, uh, what is, uh, it's a muscle up, right? Mm-hmm. And I was working hard on muscle ups that summer and I got it for the first time in my life. And 
I remember coming home from church one Sunday and we stopped in because I had to pick something up at the office and there's the pull-up bar. And I, I love pull-up bar. Like that's one of my favorite things. When when the workouts include those, I, I just love that. Yeah. Toes the bar, you know, um, chest the bar, like anything like that. And um, <clears throat> so I ran in to grab and the whole family came into the office <clears throat> and uh so I whip off my shirt and hit a couple chest bars. Yeah. And my wife was standing there and she was like, oh man, your back looks really ripped. Like that's super hot. I'm, you know, that's motivation to this day. I'm Hell like, dude, yeah. if I can get back in it again, get fit, get some of this like belly fat gone, get ripped again. Like that's, it's, she only said it one time, you know, I've only ever, but that it, it makes a difference. Like you can look better. You can look different and better in my opinion. Um, you just got to put in the work and decide to do it. Yeah. But no, it's hard. Um, it is hard. It's it's very hard. So those are two things that we, one, I tell people who are new to CrossFit, I tell them like when in their intros, I'm like, this is, this is hard stuff. Like I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. This mm-hmm. is very hard. Probably some of the hardest stuff you'll ever do physically in your life. I tell them that. And then one of the, we have this something called the no sweat intro where we have, we bring them in and I do this like 15, 20 minute interview of them asking them a couple questions. One of the questions is how would you feel? I want you to associate a feeling to, um, to your goals once you achieve them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one of the examples I give is people will notice that you look better. Mm Mm-hmm. And everyone always is like, hell yeah. That's definitely mm-hmm. something that, you know, I want to feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, looking better. Yes. Absolutely. And, and I've seen it with a couple of my friends, too, um, where they're, they've, they were at it consistently and they got buff. Mm-hmm. They look great. What do you do about, um, what do you do about belly fat? Because this is... So I was at your gym and then I just quit cold turkey, April of 19. So for 2019, I did not work out much at all. I mean, I came some, but it was not, it basically 2019 was a waste mm-hmm. as far as working out. Um, and, um, when I, and, and I was, I was snacking badly every night, stress eating basically, <laughs> My savior, honestly, I think my savior, kind of the the one thing that did help through all of that is not eating, you know, until afternoon. Because, dude, if you'd have seen the way I was taking care of my body and what I was eating for most of 2019, it should have gotten a lot worse, basically. But but where I'm going with Why this... Why did your wife let you eat like that? Because my... The thing is with my personality, and this is this is stupid, but I have to decide. Like, it's not going to make much of a difference if she helps me, encourages me, tells me. You know, like I just have to decide for myself. Yeah. So, um, but uh, but I don't. So I don't tend to like put on weight. So I didn't necessarily get heavier. I tend to stay like around 170, 175, sometimes one sixty seven. Like I'll just for years I'll just yeah. be there, even if you're. Uh, your aesthetics change. Well, so um, we'll say, yeah, if you stay at 170 and you're not working out, you probably are losing some muscle mass and putting on fat mass. Yes. If that scale number isn't changing, that's most likely what's happening. 
Okay. Well, this is so. So I didn't get I didn't get heavy in 2019, but I get soft. Like I lose muscle mass. I get soft. You can't see. There's no definition, and I get freaking like this. I hate. I yeah. get soft in my belly. Right. So that's so that's the main spot men put on weight. Okay. Just right in the and, gut. Right. And women, it tends to be more in the hips and the legs. That's okay. Usually where it goes to for, for the sexes. Yeah. Is there a way to specifically hit belly fat? I would say there's not. Um, mm-hmm. People might try to sell you on that, but it's not like if you do a thousand sit-ups, your body's going to be like, okay, we're going to take the fat that's only on his belly and right. use that for the energy, <laughs> right? So we're not we're going to skip over the fat that's on the arms, the back, the knee, the legs, whatever. <laughs> We're just going to go right for that belly fat. Right. So, because <laughs> he's doing a sit up. I mean, we'll, we'll right. help him out a little bit. So, <laughs> in order to have abs, you need to be just low in body fat. Yeah. Abs are made and in the kitchen, right? For the most part, right. So, you can do a ton of ab work and you can develop your abdominal muscles. But again, it's going to be if, if you're still eating in excess, uh, and you haven't figured out what's going to work for you diet-wise, you're still going to have belly fat. So mm. although you might be able to see those abs forming, you're still going to have that, that fat over your yep. belly. And you just need to be in a calorie deficit and be diligent with your, with your diet, really. Mm. Keep working out always, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, fat loss is going to be 80% diet. I would say. So when I, about probably six, I don't know, five, six weeks ago, um, we kind of finally cleared, I I was able to kind of have a lot more time with my schedule and I came to the, to your gym five days a week for two weeks. And then we were at the beach for two weeks and the virus hit. But during those two weeks, um, I would have worked out 10 times. And I put on five pounds just in two weeks and I was eating clean. Like I was eating keto in those two weeks. So if that happens, that's, that's muscle, right? That's turning fat into muscle and muscles heavier than fat or what happened in there? Two weeks. Yeah. In two weeks. Um, so I put on five pounds in two weeks. So a couple different things, but there's, there's no way you're putting on five pounds of muscle in two weeks. Hmm. Impossible. Uh, Typically, when you eat a low-carb diet, uh, you tend to shed a lot of water weight. So say, for example, I over the weekend, you know, two days, I, I ate like crap, um, and I weighed 205 on Friday, and on Monday, I'm weighing 215, which has happened. I know for Friday a fact, to Monday? Yeah. I mean, I, oh, can, wow. I can easily put on 10 pounds and lose 10 pounds in a day. Really? Yeah, and it's all water weight. Oh, wow. It's all water. There's no way your body's converting that energy into fat, 10 mm-hmm. pounds of fat, or into muscle, 10 mm-hmm. pounds of muscle. Um, it takes a little bit more time than that. Mm-hmm. And if people were able to tack on five pounds of muscle in two weeks, we'd have a ton of people looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. over the course of just mm-hmm. three or four or five months, you know? Um so it's just I don't know what happened in your case. Maybe yep. you were, uh, maybe the scale was off. We're using the same scale, same scale, and I was wearing the same amount of clothes, and it was in the morning before I ate anything. It was odd. I didn't. Yeah. I did not expect. I was 
not unhappy with it because honestly, I don't really care how much I weigh. I just want to look good and feel good. Yeah. Um, then that that's the important thing, right? right? Um, the number on the scale is is not something that people should rely on for success. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for those listening, for you, uh, when you do weigh yourself, it should be at the same time every single day. So mm-hmm. like first thing in the morning, uh, probably right after you go to the bathroom or right mm-hmm. before you typically go to the bathroom, be consistent with that first time and first thing in the morning for more than just two days or more mm-hmm. than just a week, you know, track it over the course of many, many days, many weeks, many months. Mm-hmm. If you can, the more data you have, uh, the better. Yeah. Yep. What, uh, what is your diet then? Circling back around to nutrition. How, how do you eat? Um, so do a lot of intermittent fasting and mm-hmm. it's just simple for me. Uh, I like, you know, I I I I change it up quite a bit, but mm. it's uh you change just, your diet up or you change the intermittent fasting up a lot. We'll get around to that. Okay. Um so it's just easy for me to skip breakfast, right? Um if I especially if I drink coffee uh or have caffeine, uh it it kind of quells my diet mm-hmm. or sorry, my appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not very hungry. Caffeine has that effect on people. It, mm-hmm. it, it kind of dab dampens your desire to eat. Um, so I do a lot of intermittent fasting and I eat a lot of, a lot of ground beef. Uh, but mm. I, I eat mostly what my wife makes too. Um, okay. and she, Caitlin follows, a macronutrient diet. So she tracks, her carbs, proteins, and fats, and tries to hit a certain number of those each day. Uh, mm. She's also pregnant right now, so it's oh, she's I didn't a know that. little bit Congrats. lax. Thank you. You I have another boy? Another, th- a third boy. Are you really? Yeah. What is with it in your family? I don't know. My my <laughs> older brother. So my older brother has two daughters. Really? Yeah. Okay. So um, it can happen. Yeah. My young. <laughs> yeah. My younger brothers don't have kids yet. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, having a third boy Congrats. at the end of end of uh, August. Okay. How many boys do you have? Uh, three boys and two girls. Okay. Yeah, and we're done now. Yeah. So Lincoln's our oldest, and then Jackson. They're all two years apart, and then Ava, and then another boy, Jericho, and then Arya's uh, girl. So yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of intermittent fasting. So I was first introduced to intermittent fasting uh, back in like 2011. And that's also when I started CrossFit. And when I combine those two, my body changed. I got like super, super lean. And since I was very lean and I was working out, very quote unquote jacked. Nice. Right. So, um, and it just worked for me. You know, where I was working, it was just simple to just work all day and not eat. Um, okay. So, and I've done it intermittent fasting over the years, but now I'm way more consistent with it. Hmm. Uh, so I won't eat until the afternoon usually. And we'll use yesterday as an example. Uh, didn't eat all morning. And then I think around 3 PM, I threw 21 ounces of ground beef in the skillet and cooked that up, seasoned it, and then mixed in some Faye total Greek yogurt. And it was like this. Wait a second. You put yogurt in the in the beef, beef. right? It's in the pot. <laughs> is the pot hot at this point? No, sorry. <laughs> the beef is done. Okay. And 
the yogurt is almost like sour cream. Like it's it's got okay. that tartness to it. Right. But it's also very high in protein. Okay. Okay, so just a little bit more protein. You mix it in, then you put some Frank's Red Hot sauce in it, and it's like this creamy, beefy deliciousness. Oh, it sounds it good. It sounds weird. I've never heard right? of mixing ground beef with yogurt, though, ever. Yeah. But honestly, it sounds like that's right up my alley. My body likes that type of food yeah. right there, so even the Red Hot. It sounds weird, and people are like, what, what is this? Sounds disgusting. But yeah. Um, yeah, just a lot of beef and mixed in with some, uh, again, I, it's almost like sour cream. So if you're a big fan of sour cream, like you put sour cream on your burrito bowl from right. Chipotle, it's kind of got, got that flavor to it. But, right? but what yogurt again, though? What yogurt it's are you called, using? I usually eat Faye, F-A-G-E. That's how you pronounce it, Faye. Okay. Um, Is it Greek yogurt? It's Greek yogurt. Okay. Yeah. So if you eat and that without, because one, so we have a, she, there's always Greek yogurt around the house. One thing they will do, she'll do for the kids sometimes, put a little bit of maple syrup on it and that yeah. sweetens it up. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. then they eat it like candy. My, uh, my oldest Atlas, three years old, he's a picky eater, but luckily he eats yogurt. He loves yogurt. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll put some honey in it and some blueberries and lots of times he'll eat it just plain. Yeah. And Greek yogurt plain, it's got like this tartness and it's not mm-hmm. sweet at all. And it's like a, it's a taste you have to get used to. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> There's a member at our gym who I convinced to try it one time. Apparently <laughs> he must be a picky eater, but he thought it was going to taste like ice cream or something, right? <laughs> unsweetened, unsweetened yogurt. And he said he had one spoonful and threw the whole container out. No way. Like, Screw this. <laughs> How do they eat it? But yeah. You gotta sweeten it. I mean you can't eat that. Oh, that, I eat it. You plain. eat that stuff plain? Yeah. Ooh, I don't do that. Yeah. Plain is I actually don't eat much yogurt because honestly I thought uh I guess I guess I thought it wasn't the best for like I thought the dairy aspect was not the best for you. You're so, not worried about that. I mean if you tolerate dairy, then no. I okay. don't worry about it at all. Uh, I think I think there's something with the lactose is the part that ferments and mm-hmm. uh, that's where you get the good bacteria from mm-hmm. yogurt. But uh, mm-hmm. no, yogurt in general, uh, especially I, I eat that stuff, the Faye brand too, and there's many others like it. I'm not like promoting this one specifically, uh, but it's got a ton of protein in it, hmm. a ton of protein. Like you get one of those individual eight ounce cups and it's got 20 grams of protein. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So where do you buy it at Kroger or Publix? Yeah, everywhere has okay. it. Everywhere has it. Kroger, Publix. One of those eight out eight ounce containers is like a dollar, so it's fairly cheap too. Uh, but yeah, I would say if you want the healthiest uh, versions of yogurt, I would say try to go with something organic and something mm-hmm. that came from hundred percent grass fin- mm-hmm. fed and finished uh, cow. Yes. Because you're yep. going to get the, that's the cleanest variation. Yeah. I'm going to start eating more yogurt then because it's always around the house and yogurts never bother my stomach. Cheeses never bother my stomach. Eggs, fine. Uh, milk. I don't drink milk. What's odd though is if I have, I don't know if you've ever had milk like straight from a farm where you're like, it's not been processed. Raw milk? Yeah, raw milk. I've actually never had it. Never had it. So I've, a few years ago, I was calling around trying to find it in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. 
but I never ended up getting it. Okay. Well, um, your wife is Amish. My wife has a connection. Yeah. She actually went up to, after we moved to Nashville, she established a connection somewhere in, uh, Kentucky. She had to drive about 45 minutes, but, um, but we don't, uh, we don't, we don't get raw milk anymore. It's just a hassle. You gotta, there's, it's just a pain. So we don't have milk around the house a ton, but, uh, raw milk is fine, but milk from the store, I'll feel sick on it. Really? Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't really ever drink milk or eat cereal or anything like that. So. I truly wonder why that is. Cause you know, at the store they, they'll pasteurize it. So they'll like heat it up to a certain temperature to kill potentially harmful bacteria. Raw yep. milk. That's I think the only thing that isn't done to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Um, when I was about 12 years old, I worked on a farm in the summer. Have you ever drank milk straight from the cow's teat? Well, since I've never had raw milk, oh, I've never that, done you that didn't either. Have it. Okay, I did that one time. It's super warm. It's pretty gross. I don't unlike, recommend it. Unless unlike you're a cat, a, a bet from a friend or like a challenge. No, the guy was just like, like "Here, try, try this. this." I'm 12 years old. I'm like, "Oh, this is you know." I mean, you get under I, the cow and you suck kind of the stoop tea. down. No, you you you, you squirt it, it in into mouth. your mouth. You squirt it into your mouth. Um, so, uh, but I, that's the only time I've ever done it, it's, but it's really warm. I didn't see that coming. There's a lot of jokes um, we could make that I'm going to refrain. There's a ton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back to what you eat though. Uh, yeah. So lots, I'll, you know, have, have, uh, veggies, um, but I don't like make a, a point to eat them every single day. Okay. Uh, I'll have, uh, the milk that I do drink, we drink something called fair life milk, which is, it's like really processed or filtered milk. I'll refrain mm-hmm. from saying process because I don't know if it truly That's a is. a bad word. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so it's highly filtered milk, and it pretty much eliminates all, it does eliminate all the lactose. So like, oh. for example, my wife is, um, she's lactose intolerant, but she can tolerate certain things. Like she can have cheese, and she can have sour cream, and she can, but if she were to have a glass of milk, it would, you know, see, that's how I am. make her throat tighten up and uh, okay. I think hurt her stomach or something mm. like that. But this brand fair life, it's filtered down where it eliminates the lactose. It eliminates half the sugar that is in normal milk mm. and it increases the protein. So mm. this is the milk I, I feed my kids. Where do you get uh, this? It's pretty ubiquitous. Now you can find it pretty much anywhere. Kroger, Walmart, Publix. Kroger, okay. Yeah, and it's uh, they have a variation of the whole milk that has uh, extra DHA, so it's that omega three fats that is super essential for uh, brain development, mm-hmm. um, brain health, especially for younger children uh, whose brains and bodies are still developing. Uh, that DHA is important, hmm. so that's the stuff I usually feed my kids. Mm-hmm. So it's got more protein, less sugar, and uh, those essential fats, mm-hmm. DHA, omega-3s. Um, I'll have that a lot. I'll have protein shakes. Um, I'll have fish, oysters. I've been trying to eat a lot of oysters. How do you and eat the oysters? I think, didn't we talk about this at the gym the other day? Maybe it was with somebody else, but it was, it was a question usually of the day. canned oysters, which makes people we like... We did talk about this, yeah. Like want to gag, disgusting. right? So it's, they're smoked oysters. Hmm. And... Uh, do they shit on you when you eat them? That's the thing with... I don't know. I mean, they're, yeah. if you squish them, you know, like some they stuff shit. comes yeah. out. Yeah, I, that's poop. I try not to think of it as poop. <laughs> um, I think it is, though. 
it's something. It's something. But uh, man, they're just. I try to. I try to eat foods that are a lot of eggs that are very high in micronutrients. Uh, that's like, and if something doesn't taste good, but I know it's really good for me, I'll eat it. Right. I try to. Right. I try to look at food, not so much for the taste of it like oh i'm not gonna eat that because it's not very tasty i try to look at it like oh is it gonna be beneficial for me right is that good fuel for your body right yeah that's how i try to look and make my food choices sardines sardines are great so i like i do not mind the taste of sardines there was actually a season where my breakfast was sardines and coffee with what was it called? Bulletproof coffee that right. was real popular for a stretch yeah. there. Put in, yeah, you put, put in, in uh, grass-fed, grass-fed butter, butter MCT and, oil. Yeah, is that it? And then you yeah. blend it. Yeah, it's actually pretty tasty. And I think I had learned about that from Tim Ferriss. Right. Do you know anything about Tim Ferriss? Have you ever I heard do. of stuff? Okay. Um, well, anyhow, the the thing though, here's why I quit that was because someone mentioned one time that I sort of smelled like sardines and that was it for me i haven't touched them since yeah sardines are a smelly fish yeah without a doubt but they are packed full of nutrients would you get the ones where like the spine is still in and there's slightly crunchy bones in there but yeah edible yeah yeah Yeah. so those are great when you eat bones you're getting a good source of calcium Mm. and other little micronutrients that you wouldn't normally get Mm -hmm. um you got to make sure though that they are either in water, and that's preferred. Water, fish, whenever fish is canned, if it's in water, it's always preferred. Because mm. if it's in, even if it's in olive oil, olive oil is second down, okay? Mm. That's your second best choice in olive oil. But a lot of sardines especially are soaked in like cottonseed oil and soybean oil. And the beneficial, the main beneficial thing about fish is they're high in omega-3s. Okay. And if they're soaked in cottonseed oil or soybean oil, then you're getting a ton of omega-6s. And you want this balance. Okay. okay? So, so many people are eating way more omega-6s because they're constantly consuming these crappy vegetable oils. Mm. And that's a whole nother topic. Well, vegetable oils, everyone just needs to throw that crap away, right? Right. And that's just not, you shouldn't eat that stuff. It's just, back to that word processed, it is the most processed oils you can possibly find the most common replacement is um what is it i don't cook a lot it's not coconut oil oil, is it olive oil oil. yeah yeah Yeah. so if you if you try to stick to like certain nut oils like coconut oil uh macadamia nut oil but olive oil and coconut oil are the best Mm -hmm. in terms of replacements Mm -hmm. Uh, avocado oil is pretty good. Like you can, if it's heat, certain oils, when it's heated up past a certain degree, they turn, they become oxidized. Mm-hmm. And when they're oxidized, they are not good for you. Mm. So certain oils are better to cook with. Avocado oil has a high smoke point, so it can handle a lot of heat. So, oh, I see. Anyway, yeah, vegetable oils are, are terrible for you. And mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, a new theory that I read an article about lately that vegetable oils, soybean oil specifically, is why our country is so sick. Um, it's definitely playing a role. Yeah. That and sugar, that has, and sugar has been like 
consumed far, far, far more in the past 30, 40 years um, than uh, other healthier healthier oils. And it's played, definitely played a role in why so many people are getting diabetes, obesity, heart disease, hypertension, all that stuff. You said, you say soybean oil? Soybean oil. Soybean oil. And corn starch, corn has to make that list too, right? That's stuff There's corn everything. oil. Yeah, corn oil. The, the two, you'll find wheat. Wheat is in so many things. Mm-hmm. Soy is in so many things. Like whenever I've, I stumble upon a new product, say it's like a new cracker or something, I'm trying to maybe feed my kids <clears throat> or eat myself, I'll always turn the box around and read the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Okay. The things that I try to avoid are wheat, soy. Um, those are the main two. Right. Wheat and soy. Yep. And are you looking out for sugar too, or that's just kind of a more obvious one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll, you'll, that, yeah. Uh, a lot of people try to avoid like high fructose corn syrup. But yeah. To be honest, high fructose corn syrup and sugar are pretty much the same thing. Right. Like one. Sucrose, which is table sugar, is like 50-50 glucose and sucrose. Uh, And then you have high fructose corn syrup and, sorry, fructose and glucose. Glucose, I think, is table sugar. And then you have high fructose corn syrup, which is like 55% fructose. Mm. And then the rest is glucose, I think. I don't Mm. know. I might be confusing this. But sugar and high fructose corn syrup are pretty much the same. Like 5% different. So like if you see a package that says no high fructose corn syrup, but it has regular Mm. sugar, it's pretty much the same Semantics. Yeah, Yeah. I see. So does your diet, do you follow kind of a, do you follow like any of the main diet categories or any of the main diets? Like No. So what I recommend for anybody, even if you're vegan, um, or have some other weird diet is real whole foods, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, uh, vegetables, fruits, meats. If you go to a grocery store and you stay on the perimeter of the store, mm-hmm. okay, that's where you're going to find your eggs. That's going to find your meat. That's where you're going to find your veggies, your fruits, your your milk, that type of stuff, mm-hmm. your dairies. Um, that's what I recommend for everybody. Okay. Okay. Even if you shun a complete food group like meat okay, yep. or veggies, that's how I recommend everyone should eat. Real, whole foods. Right. So if you were out in nature um, and you were trying to live off the land, you wouldn't mm-hmm. have a choice but to live off of animals and plants. Yep. Yep. Do you eat bread? I do eat bread. Okay. Yeah. So I don't necessarily recommend it. Yeah. Uh, I try to eat a specific bread. Um, <clears throat> I think it's a sprouted, sprouted mm. wheat. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to have, I don't know, some, so it doesn't bother me. Right. That's one reason why I eat it. Too. Okay. I mean, bread is great. Bread is delicious. Bread is great. <laughs> uh, and it's, yeah, I don't know. I try to try to select quote unquote healthier bread. Yeah. Right. So it's not your wonder bread. Uh yep. it's actually got some some vitamins and minerals in it. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Is uh what you're describing, I don't know much about paleo, 
but it sounds what I do know about paleo. It sounds somewhat similar right. to what you're describing, right? Yeah. Isn't paleo, isn't that kind of thing with paleo is real food basically? Right. I don't it know is. a ton about it. Yeah. But. So it's uh, plants and animals. That's okay. what it boils down to. Yep. Plants and animals. So how about then CrossFit? You said you got into CrossFit in 2011? Um, yeah, I would say I started kind of doing it on my own without any instruction or without knowing anything about what I was doing in like 2010. And I've known about it since like 2007, 2008 through Tim Ferriss. I just, you know, I was was a fan of him and I, he wrote something about it. I kind of did research and anyway, but I didn't start CrossFit officially until 2011. Okay. When I was in Atlanta. But Ferris doesn't even do CrossFit, does he? Did he just mention it at some point? Um, I think he probably played around with it. Okay. And a lot of his training methodology probably comes from the CrossFit methodology. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think. Like the yeah. high-intensity yes. stuff, kettlebell swings. Yep. You know, that. I think, I think you could uh, credit CrossFit for making kettlebell swings uh, popular. Hmm. And he's a huge proponent of kettlebell swings. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have his book, you know, The Four Hour Body. Uh, I think that was released don't in have that book. 2010 or 2011. I have the Tools of Titans, The Four Hour Work Week. Yeah. Uh, maybe another one. I, I did not get The Four Hour Body. Yeah. So I think you recommend that was, it? That was his second book. Um, he put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into The Four Hour Body. No, I'm thinking, the, well, he did that too. But The Four Hour Chef apparently almost killed him. Really? Yeah, like he the the timetable to write the four hour chef the everything they had to do apparently was just crazy and he just uh, I've heard him talk about it on his podcast a couple times like he learned a lot of, like he almost burnt out over that book and the four hour body he did some ridiculous I saw yeah, video of him pulling some muscle out of his leg I almost threw up man I just, so yeah but you never read it um, I've never read the four hour body no. Yeah, so I think his first book came out in like 2007, and then Four Hour Body I think was 2011. I don't think there was a book in between those two, but on his blog, mm-hmm. he would all, always post stuff about health and mm-hmm. fitness and self experimentation and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I would say you ask if it's worth it. Maybe probably a lot of that stuff has been you know is dated now mm-hmm. uh, just because. Uh, there's newer, more credible information mm-hmm. out regarding it, but I enjoyed it. I still mm-hmm. have a copy, uh, and I think I maybe reference it or try to look something up maybe once a year about it. But oh, it, yeah. it's kind of broken down into like chap individual chapters. You mm-hmm. know, ones regarding you know muscle gain, the others regarding how to increase your testosterone, the other mm-hmm. ones regarding sex, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you don't have to read the book cover to cover. Right. Were you in uh, Wisconsin in 2010, 2011? Um, Is that where you got into CrossFit up there? No, it was actually, well, kind of. That's when I like began doing it on my own. Um, doing a workout like I programmed on Monday for our gym. Like I would run for a couple minutes, maybe four and a quarter mile or so, and then get off and do a bunch of air squats. Mm. And I wish I had video of myself doing it because my, my squatting, although I have a great squat now, I must, you know, pat myself on the back <laughs> for doing, for 
for my squat now. Uh, back then, I would it was probably like a half squat, and you know my yep. knees were probably buckling in. But I would do stuff like that back in the day: push ups, dips. Okay. Um, but nothing guided or uh, with okay. intention. I would just you know get a good workout because when I first started working out in college, uh, <clears throat> I would just run. I ran all the time, you know, like two, three, four, five miles a couple times a week. And I thought I was fit. And whereas now it's like, there's a little bit more knowledge in my training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's way different. Do you enjoy but running? I used to. Okay. But, and I'm not going to lie, uh, uh, you know, a 20 minute, 30 minute jog with, with my boys, uh, like if I'm pushing my, my son Everett in a okay. stroller, it's, yeah. it's relaxing. Okay. Uh, yeah. But try uh, that. I should try that. I just never enjoyed running. Like I never, there was never a season in my life where I even did what you said, like go jog for 20, 30 minutes. Never. Well, actually there was a short time. I just never liked running. That's one of the things I like about CrossFit is the variety. Yeah. And there's yeah. not just a ton of running. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless you're following my programming right now, since we're in quarantine and I, I'm making you guys run quite a bit. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the workout today, but it's I more didn't. running and I programmed <laughs> running on Monday. Actually, I did see that. But yeah. I did give you guys the opportunity to uh, <clears throat> yeah, substitute the run for a machine if you grab yes. one. Yes. This morning's workout, um, I did 10 calories on the skier. 10 uh, thrusters at 65 pounds and 10, it's just called a kettlebell swing, right? You go on between your hips, popping it up overhead. Yeah. What's a, what's a Russian kettlebell swing? So you, if I just write kettlebell swings, you should assume for me, if you're looking at my writing, my programming, uh, if it just says kettlebell swings, you're going all the way overhead. Right. Okay. Russian is just chest height. Oh, okay. okay. Until your arms are parallel. With okay. The floor. Gotcha. So then it was a kettlebell swing and I did AMRAP. In uh, 12 minutes. It was kind of fun. Good. Yeah, it was great. Just right over here. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> so thanks you're... for loaning that equipment out. Absolutely. I'm um, glad you're so using you, it. you got into CrossFit in 2011. Then at what point did you wind up in Nashville? And at what point do you decide you're going to make a living out of this? Yeah. So when I moved to Atlanta, uh, Caitlin, who was my girlfriend back then, bought me this intro session sessions to CrossFit North Atlanta. Did you uh, meet her in Atlanta? No, we were we were dating in Milwaukee. Okay, uh, and then she moved down there for a job. I followed with her. Oh, okay. Followed her down, uh, and so I did those intro classes with CrossFit North Atlanta, and I was really really poor back then, uh, <laughs> and I couldn't afford a gym membership, so that got postponed and then so that was in like the summer of 2010 and then in 2011 like march or february of 2011 i saved up enough money to join a gym crossfit atlanta um i joined that gym because i saw that they had a bunch of level two trainers um and it was really close to my house to where i was living uh and i so i started officially in cross uh February or March of 2011. What do you mean level two trainers? I don't know what that means. So you have a tier of CrossFit, I guess, certifications, if you will. Okay. And fortunately for you, Kent, you're at the only gym in Tennessee with multiple CrossFit level three trainers. Okay. So level one is like the basics, right? You go to a, a seminar 
ran by CrossFit headquarters and they teach you all about CrossFit, right? Um, so that's level one. And once you get your level one, you can start training people. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's higher tiers. So you can get your CrossFit level two, which is uh, another seminar with a little bit deeper. They go a little bit deeper into the methodology mm-hmm. and um, how to coach people. And then you have a level three, which is like a bunch of studying, a bunch of experience. Like you need at least, I think, a thousand or fifteen hundred hours of coaching hours. Hmm. Um, you need to have your level two already, um, and you need to know quite a bit about CrossFit because mm-hmm. you go to a testing center and then you take a, I think, a three-hour test. Uh, with videos and multiple choice and a whole bunch of, I think, written word questions. And uh, once you pass that, you are designated as a level three CrossFit mm. trainer. Do you have to show showcase the movements yourself or you just need to know the, the science? Right. Yeah, you just need to know. Okay. So I could be a really crappy CrossFit uh, trainer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I could... You could be a crappy athlete yourself. I could not even be able to do a pull-up. Okay. Okay. Uh, or push-up or squat. But as long as I'm able to uh, identify problems with the squat, with your squat, or mm-hmm. with anyone's squat, and teach it, then I can get these mm-hmm. uh, these certifications. Mm-hmm. How many levels are there? Um, there is, open to the public now, there's three. But there's okay. about to be a fourth one. Uh, the fourth one requires you to sit, from what I know, uh, they haven't released all the details yet, requires you to sit in front of a panel of probably CrossFit Level 4, CrossFit Headquarter staff, um, and teach a class. And you have to, you know, do it to their standards. Like a one-hour teach the whole class not exactly sure oh okay it could be multiple classes it could be uh one class but yeah they mm-hmm. haven't released that to the public yet mm-hmm. but as soon as they do i'm i'm gonna be uh striving to get it really for sure yeah. who are the level three coaches at your gym we have myself my wife caitlin who she doesn't coach anymore but um she coached i think she coached at least one class maybe two last year does that sound right she may have. Maybe she, she may was have. subbing in or something. Yeah. But she's not coaching anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She uh she's got her whole her whole uh other job that she works okay. on. Um and Sarah Richmond. I don't know. So Sarah like usually coached me. Yeah, so she she comes at six AM mostly and uh okay. the later afternoon classes and I see. you pretty much come to only eleven thirty. So yeah. Don't know if you've ever met met her or seen her before. I don't know. I don't think that I have. Yeah. But, I don't think I have. Um, we, at our gym, we take edu- further education very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we require our coaches to get at least one um, either accredited, we'll say one seminar. They have to do one seminar or take one class or do one thing per year in order to advance their knowledge of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, over the years, you know, uh, have accumulated three CrossFit level coaches, mm-hmm. level three coaches, mm-hmm. which uh, to my knowledge, currently to this day, we don't have, there's not a single 
one of those single CrossFit gym in Tennessee that has three level three coaches. Really? So in the state? Correct. Huh. That's kind of right. cool. So level one is is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not very impressive. Mm-hmm. Level two, you know, that's that's good. We have um let's see, seven level two coaches at our gym. Okay. So Ross is level two, Bob is level two, uh Braden is level two. Sarah's level two. I'm level two. Caitlin's level two. Uh, who else? Uh, Micah is going to be working on it this year. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know Micah. I don't think that I do. You probably do, but he's an he's I the saw newest his coach. Face. I might. Um, Joanna has her level two. Larry has his level two. So <clears throat> that's like a requirement to basically coach at our gym. The I level see. two. Yeah. Um, but everyone will eventually strive to get their level three. It's just, it's just a process. Like there's a lot of studying you have to do and, um, you just have to dedicate a lot of time in order to get this. Mm -hmm. But was there a question that you asked me? Yeah. We were talking about, uh, what got you into CrossFit as a, as a career, like as a, Uh, as a livelihood. Yeah. So you're talking about in 2011 Atlanta. Yeah. Um, so I remember one day, Caitlin and I were driving around. This is after I did my intro classes, and I was like doing intro or doing CrossFit on my own, but not officially at a gym. Like after I did the intro class, I couldn't afford a gym, so I was just doing it on my own. Bought a kettlebell, um, and was just doing what I could. Uh, but I remember driving one day in Atlanta, and we drove past a CrossFit gym, and I told Caitlin, "I'm like, you know what?" this is like before I was even a member at a CrossFit gym or knew anything about it. I was like, I want to open up a CrossFit gym. Hmm. Um, and she was like, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, you know, we saved up money, eventually joined a gym. And then I signed up for my CrossFit level one cert in May of 2011. Uh, the day they killed Osama bin Laden. I remember it was a really? memorable day. Uh, May of 2011. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Caitlin got offered to move. So at, in Atlanta at the time, there was a ton of CrossFit gyms already. And this was, you know, almost 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Caitlin got a job offer in Nashville and we had visited Nashville a couple of times. Uh, and I was like, I looked at, you know, the market for CrossFit gyms in Nashville and it was it was pretty open. Like there weren't that many gyms. And so Caitlin took the job and I moved up here and we moved up here. And, um, this is where I wanted to open up a gym. You moved in 2011 or 2012. So we moved in 2011, June of 2011. Uh, so we've been here almost 10 years, nine years. Uh, and then a year after we moved here, uh, we opened up, did you no. open up where you are right now? No. So okay. we, we uh we had some problems finding a spot when we were first first uh brand new. Like we moved in and we're signed a lease and we're moving in and demoing this. It was a former strip club. So it was on Lafayette. It was like right at where the roundabout is on Lafayette and yeah. 8th. So it okay. was like it was like a car dealership turned strip yeah. club. Okay. Yeah, so we were like tearing out the the strip stages and no the booths way. and all this stuff, <laughs> and like we were like two days away from opening. I remember one day I was dropping uh, like 
a 135 or a 95 pound bar from overhead and the owner like felt the ground shake and there was a basement underneath and uh it was like a suspended flooring and he's like hold on this is you know after we told him after we signed the lease that what we were planning on doing there he's like hold on you plan on dropping those weights like yeah we talked about this and that fell through. So we were postponed. No. Yeah. So that was like July oh, of 20. Oh, you put all, all this work into that location. Yeah. Spent thousands of dollars. No. Spent days dude, and days so demoing. Yeah, dude. It was oh. especially because this was the start of my new life, right? Oh, dude. Um, I can't. And dude, we had. A lot of people wouldn't make it past that point. They'd be like, well, screw that. Right. And it was just devastating, dude. I was so pissed oh. at this guy. Uh but what, that what, fell through. What's so tough about that is is uh, wasting time. I think I'm just selfish, probably, or maybe prideful. But like that is one of my most frustrating things is when I feel like my time just got deliberately, utterly wasted. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're making this thing ready, you're getting it all, you're putting it in the sweat equity, and then oh no, I can't after all. That's just yeah. for me. Like that's one of the most disheartening things possible. Oh yeah. Trust me. And uh, I was like 26 at the time. And uh, man, it was, uh, it wasn't until like two months later uh, that we found another spot. And, you know, when you're 26 and you're opening the gym, a business of any kind, like these older guys, you're signing the lease, they, you know, they're kind of like, okay, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Right. I'm not going to take anything he does, he says or does seriously. Like he's young, he's a dumb, stupid kid. And that's kind of how he treated us. Um, and we spent, you know, we only had, I think $10,000 to open, uh, something like that. And we spent like $2,000 on the demo and all that stuff. Mm. But a few months later we found another spot. It was like 2,500 square feet. So if you look at our lobby now, it was like the size of our lobby. If you wow. took out, it was more open than that. Okay. If you took out like all the rooms, all the bathrooms, you opened it up. It's about 2,500 square okay. feet. Actually, that's the exact size of this office. If this office was combined with that one over there, that's exactly 2,500 square yeah. foot. So um, it was plenty to start. Uh, the ceilings were pretty low. I think we had like 11 foot ceilings and they were kind of like this right here. They had those okay. beams running across, um, yeah. but they weren't as high. So we would do wall balls in between those. those (laughs) That's great. Right. To hit the target. (laughs) And where was Um, this? This was on 8th, 7th and Fog. So Fog Street is, I'm trying trying to think of that brewery that's close by it. Tennessee Brew Works. Okay. Or no, Yazoo is like a block. Yep. Two blocks. Yep. Uh, so still downtown. East of Yazoo, yeah. Are you calling it, what are you calling it at this point, by so the way? So it was CrossFit Forte. Oh, really? All yeah. along? Yeah. And was your vision to keep it like in Nashville proper? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We wanted, I kind of wanted it downtown yep. um, or close to downtown. Uh, one, because Caitlin and I lived pretty much downtown. Oh, okay. Uh, when we moved here, we bought a, con- a condo right off of, uh, let's see, 4th Avenue. Okay. Second Avenue. It was Second Avenue. Okay. Uh, like half a mile uh, south of downtown on Second Avenue. So it was an awesome location. This is back mm-hmm. when real estate was cheap. Right. It's hard to believe. Right. Um, so, but yeah, so we opened in September of 2012 and uh, we were in that location for 
and this is at the boom of CrossFit. This is at the peak. This is where g- gyms were open up like all over the United States. Mm. Um, and we quickly outgrew that spot and we moved to our current spot back in September of 2013. So we've been there oh, wow. f- for almost seven years. Do you own that or are you leasing it? Uh, we lease it. Okay. Yeah. I wish, I, wish I owned it. You know, every yeah. year I ask the, the landlord you? like, hey, can I buy it? Yeah. Because it's a great location. It I is. love that location. It is. It's and and the building is really nice. It's spacious. It feels good. It's mm-hmm. the whole setup is just it's just right. I yeah. really like it there. Good. Yeah. Thanks. Um. So 2013. No 20. Yeah, you said 2013 there at that location. Yeah. 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 So man, you should you should I should post pictures of what it looked like when we first opened up even at our first location like dude i had like there weren't any rowers there was like a pull-up rig that was like (laughs) like six feet and we had like five barbells and a couple (laughs) couple dumbbell and i don't think we even had dumbbells a couple kettlebells a couple medicine balls just like the bare, bare, bare essentials. But you don't need a ton. You know what I mean? Like, if you just want to get started, like, dude, I can have a legit, and I'm sure I don't even know what all I can do, but I can have, I feel like I can have a legit workout with that skier, that kettlebell, and that barbell. For sure. For sure. But back then, we didn't have any machines. Yeah. <laughs> um, seriously, like, the bare, and we just, you know, as the years went by, I got more members, more money. I put in, like, every dime that I, that I made back into the gym Mm -hmm. just to make it nicer, make it more appealing, give us more equipment. So I have more options. So people, you know, prefer like right now it's really tough to keep people, uh, I think motivated to do body weight workouts every Mm -hmm. day. Okay. So when you have more equipment, more options, it just makes it that much more appealing. Yes. So, um, so yeah, like when we first opened, it wasn't painted and it was just, it was it was crazy times, but I was super 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 driven mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. kind of see out my vision. Mm-hmm. So when we moved to this office here, because my office people wouldn't know this, but my office where we're sitting right now is uh, I don't know half three a mile from your gym, half a mile. It's not far, just a couple blocks really. But um, when I knew a couple years ago that this was going to be my office here, I was researching CrossFit gyms close to here. And there's a couple in the area. But uh, I kind of, I liked your, I liked the vibe on your website the best and just what I could read about, you know, your staff and everything. Like it just resonated with me. And, um, and the first time I walked in, I was like, all right, this is it. You know, I just, I just liked the feel of the place. I liked the vibe. I really like your coaching. I like your other coaches too, but you're my favorite. I think you do a really good job. Thanks. What are the economics like of a CrossFit gym? Like, can you make money after a couple years and you get enough of members? Does it depend on your lease rate? Or do gyms go out? Do I don't I don't know. Do do gyms go out because they're like they're not financially you know sustainable or like what are the, yeah, the um, economics of a gym? All that stuff matters. Uh, what you're paying uh, for your lease or if you own the building, uh, like how much you want to, especially when you first start out, like a lot of gyms, when they first start out, they'll start off like we did. So they'll, they'll grow or they'll gather and get equipment as, as they grow membership mm-hmm. wise. A lot of gyms will take a different route. They'll invest like 
tens and maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars right off the bat and, you know, basically hope that people join Mm -hmm. in order to pay that off. Mm -hmm. I'm very glad we did it our way. You Mm -hmm. know, we bought things as we got members, but, uh, so you would do that again. You would just grow it grassroots, pay, you know, pay your way as you go. Um, if I were to do it again, yeah, most Mm -hmm. likely, uh, I might invest a little bit more because to be honest, when somebody walks into a gym and it's like they don't have any equipment, it's not appealing. Right. Right. When that other gym down the street has all the equipment. Yeah. So that's the difference between 2020 and 2013 probably too. Right. Because you probably had less competition back then and so forth. Yeah. Um, No, that was a, that was a factor. Yeah. You can make money. Um, You just have to, put out a quality product and you have to be somewhat decent with people. Like it's, it's more about, it's not like a coaching job. It's a relationship job. Mm -hmm. So if you can't, um, be personable Mm -hmm. and if you can't get somebody to, to like you, whether or not you're the best coach in the world, uh, it's going to be hard to, to gather and retain those, those members. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying I'm the most likable right. person or the <laughs> nicest person because I'm definitely not, but yeah. um, I'm able to, I guess, relate to people on, on some, some mm-hmm. scale. Uh, and I tried to do my best to be as knowledgeable as I can in mm-hmm. terms of teaching and uh, the, the methodology behind CrossFit. Uh, that helps. It helps nowadays to have uh, a lot of different types of equipment to make the workouts more appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps. Having a nice facility helps. Uh, you know, I've had people say they love the high ceilings in my gym because their former gym it was like a it was like a dungeon. Or like that is doing, one of the things I like about your gym. Doing, although I never thought about it like that. Yeah. So yeah, little but things it feels like that. Good. It feels good in there. Yeah. No, yeah, it's I try to make it open and nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of a lot of my members have dropped into other gyms and the first thing they do when they come back they're like, "Dude, thanks for keeping the gym clean." Mm. Because I went to this other gym and I did a burpee and I had 20 dog hairs on my hand and there Oof. was a yeah, just yeah. crap all over That's the floor, nasty. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's not um, appealing at all. So a ton of that uh, plays a role. And I was going to say something, but it, it slipped my mind. When you have, is there kind of knowns in CrossFit, like you're not making money until you have 100 members or 200 or 50 members? Is there things like that? or There is not. Okay. There is Because not. there's so many variables, what your operating expenses are and, and stuff like that. Exactly. So the main triggers for you is how much you're going to charge uh, for membership and how many members you have. Yeah. Those are, those are the two yeah. main things. Now, as it, as it relates to how much you charge for membership, is that the market you, sets the price, the market sets the price. Yeah. That's what I thought. I mean, you might be able to get a little more, or a little less depending on what you offer or whatever, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you just go with the, with what the market is. Right. Is bearing pretty much. Pretty and then, much. and then I guess if you have, you know, your fixed expenses, like your, your rent there, then at some point it's just like the more, the merrier for members, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But in terms of like getting members, uh, it's what we've relied on in the past is 
word of mouth generally. Um, having good reviews mm. is, has been helpful. Um, people, you know, they'll Google CrossFit gyms and we have, you know, a ton of good reviews on Facebook, on Google, on Yelp. Uh, that was and, another thing that I checked out was yeah. the reviews. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know how many of our current or former members relied on reviews, but it, it's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do any paid advertising at this point? We've not. We've done, I think, Google AdWords a couple times, but okay. nothing consistent. Uh, after this this coronavirus, though, we're probably going to have to because really, yeah, it's not. It's been the worst month we've. I can't we've, imagine we've had since our our opening. Ugh. By the way, um, do you have a Facebook page, right? Yeah, I'm not on Facebook much, but. If uh, something to consider is we found with Shed's Facebook advertising on Facebook so much more effective than Google AdWords. Yeah. Just in the last couple of years. We used to spend a lot of money on Google AdWords and we pretty much stopped that and we're just putting the money into Facebook. So I wonder for you if if you might find good success with advertising on Facebook because they get real, they allow you to get super specific with who's seeing your mm-hmm. your your ad. Yeah, there's so many so many different uh, marketing ploys that talk about Facebook uh, yeah. ads, and I haven't looked into them, but yeah. I, I I will be. That type of thing drives me nuts. If I have to learn that stuff myself, I don't I enjoy it at all. I know. Uh, is yeah. your gym going to be okay? Um, if we continue to have months like we just did. Probably not. Um, I mean, that's only sustainable for so long, right? So, but as of right now, yeah, we're okay. But what we rely on is our memberships being, or sorry, our members being okay. Mm. For example, if you just lost your job, that $179 membership at the gym that you're spending is probably going to be one of the first things that you're going to have to put Mm -hmm. on hold. Mm-hmm. Right. We hope it's not. We hope that people uh, enjoy and prioritize their health and fitness. And so they'll keep their membership. But let's be honest, like it's 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 a luxury too. Mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so we had a bunch of people lose their jobs this past month, past week, past couple of days, and they're having to cancel their membership. So you're getting a ton of cancellations right now? Unfortunately, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And do your uh is all CrossFit like month to month? Like you don't sign up people for like six months or lock them in for like a year or anything like that? Um like you're all we, your members we, month to month? When they first join, we require a three month minimum. Okay. Okay. So our theory behind that is one, you have to give something at least three months in order to see if it's effective. Yeah. Uh, Two, we want to kind of lock in some type of security, you know, financially, financial mm-hmm. wise. Uh, and and then after that three months, then it's month to month. Okay. But we, we do we do have an option where people pay uh, a year mm-hmm. in advance mm-hmm. and they'll save just a little bit of money. Okay. Um, you know, I think they'll get like, I think it equates to like a month and a half free membership if mm-hmm. they pay up front for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people are month to month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the vast majority of them. Oh man, I hope I hope you're okay. Yeah. So Seriously. I mean, let's be honest. We're closed right now, and yeah. all I think all CrossFit gyms in the country are are forced to close right now, and it's just like we we're, we're you know I'm still trying to provide value by you know keeping the the community engaged and posting workouts of the day on the website and. You know, yesterday we introduced a Zoom class. I didn't have it today because it's running and jumping and double on everything outside. So it'd probably be kind of a headache for people to set up their cameras. But uh, but yeah, the gym is closed. Like how right? How interesting can I keep it for people for I don't know how long this is going to last. So one thing I did uh, is rent out equipment to people mm-hmm. who are keeping their membership. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're kind of exchanging equipment for Mm -hmm. for a membership fee and for those people with equipment i am currently writing workouts for okay Mm -hmm. so for example if like you're looking at your stuff and you're like man i don't know what to do today you send me a message or email me and i'll i'll write you like 20 workouts and this is what i based on based on what i have here right so okay you you tell me yeah you tell me what equipment you have and i'll write so I've written this, I'd say I'd estimate about 25 people have emailed me for workouts so far. Oh, okay. And I've probably written over 400 workouts no <laughs> in, the way. Past, in the past like <laughs> week. Yeah. Holy cow. So like each person that emails me, again, they'll list, uh, list off their equipment and I'll just, you know, start brainstorming and writing out workouts for them to do and, oh, wow. you know, and send it over their way. And, yeah. and then, you know, if, if they don't want to do the workouts that I've listed, shame on them. Right. But uh, <laughs> except I put I put quite a bit of time writing those workouts. Um, I bet. But they can always hit up the body weight workout of the day that I post on the website. Okay. Yeah. Right. And that one doesn't require any equipment. Have you looked into the stimulus and what that would offer for you for for your small business? Oh, that yeah. The they Care just Act. Passed, yeah. The SBA. Friday. Yeah, SBA well, it's just business, loan. But my understanding is businesses can get a loan up to 250% of one month's expenses. Rent, payroll, yeah. utilities, internet, yes. whatever. First come, first serve. I think there's a million um, a million uh, openings for this current one, hmm. right? So first come, first serve, we're, we did sign up for that. We don't know okay. if we're going to be getting it because we may have been a million and one. So mm. we're cut off. Uh, I didn't realize it was first come, first serve. Yeah, first come, first serve. Uh, I think there's a second one coming out um, in a couple weeks. But I also learned that there's 30 million small businesses in the United States. So a million is one thirtieth of... <clears throat> I didn't hear anything about just the one million or first come, first serve. Yeah. I can send you some stuff or invite you. Uh, one of our members, Tim Grawl, he, he created a, uh, <clears throat> he was, I was, I've been on one podcast before mm-hmm. and he was the other person who, Tim uh, Grawl, Tim Grawl. He's actually kind of famous. A-H-L. Yeah. He's a, he's an author and oh, okay. he, uh, he's written several books. Most recently he's written, uh, the, uh, what's it called? It'll come back to me. Um, but he started a Facebook group 
dedicated to this SBA and CARE Act uh, loan and information regarding it just because... Oh, interesting. I don't know if you've dealt with anything tax-wise or with the government's confusing. It's awful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. So he's trying to make sense of it, and he's invited a bunch of other small business owners that he knows to the group, and we're all you know sharing information, ah, cool. ideas. if so, I could get invited into yeah. there. Are you I, on Facebook? Uh, yeah, I don't ever really go on it, but I have a Facebook account. Um, but I, and I and I wanted to, I've been trying to have someone. Oh shoot, I need to have Tim on here because I've been wanting to get someone on here to really dig into that uh, act from a small business standpoint because mm-hmm. it seemed too good to be true at first. You know, free money. It's like for two hundred fifty percent of one month. Well, that right. can really help. I know. And no. That's about all I know about it. I don't know more about it. It would. Uh, it would be. It would be great. So you've signed up for that. Um, but, but even if you get accepted on that, you're not getting money for some time, right? Not sure. Okay. I've heard like it could be 24 hours. I've heard it could be a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. I don't know. I was picturing more like a couple of months. Well, who knows? A couple it's of months. The government, but then, yeah. You know? And this is so new. It's so, so strange. And who knows if the government will be, uh, competent enough to, make it work the way they want it to work. Right. I can't imagine doing something like this at such scale. Oh, I know. Like, how do you make sure that people don't get money that shouldn't and the people that should do? Like, that just seems like, that sounds (laughs) like like an impossible situation. We're talking like $10,000 per person, per per business owner, something like that. Or it might be more. Yeah. I guess it's, you know, uh, uh, percentage of your salary right but yep. we're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of exactly. dollars for millions of people yep. yeah and they got to vet these people they got to make sure that it's on those you know everything's on the up and up that just sounds that sounds difficult yeah um well you're uh yeah you're you're la- allowing the con- people that are continuing to pay membership to have three pieces of equipment and you're providing value still uh online Trying to. So, but yeah, I mean, I can see the argument if someone loses their job, but I would say, and this is why I just stayed subscribed when I wasn't able to come that much was because I could still come anytime I wanted to. And mm-hmm. there was still like, I don't know. I felt like there was still some value there. You know, if, if I stopped paying, then it's just, it's harder to resubscribe. Like it just, that's that one thing that I would just want, didn't want to have as a barrier. Yeah. You know, I wanted as few barriers as possible. Mm-hmm. So I get if someone loses their job, but on the flip side, it's like, man, it's $179 a month or whatever it is, 200 bucks a month. It's got to be some of the best money you can spend. And I've heard that plenty of times before. Uh, I, my goal as the gym owner um, is to get everyone to feel like they're, they would pay way more for mm-hmm. their membership than they are. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I've had people tell me in the past couple of weeks that like they're willing to pay months and months in advance for us to, if we need it, right? Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. they're offering to help us out financially. Mm-hmm. Multiple, multiple members have, have mm. asked that. Um, and you know, people they come so often and hang out at the gym so much that we kind of turn into family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we've had members who have been with us since the start. And it's oh, yeah, wow. it's That's crazy. Cool. Like it's crazy watching them improve, watching them grow and mm-hmm. watching, you know, what life unfolds before mm-hmm. us. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, that's the goal. Like we, we want to be a tight knit community. All mm-hmm. right. I wish I could get you to stay after class a little bit longer, but you're always like shower and bounce. I come right? to the gym and at dude, one hour I shower yeah. and I go, yeah. <laughs> how long do people hang out? Oh man, dude, we'll have people get there at 11. So class starts at 1130, right? Yep. We'll use the lunch class, for example, get there at 11 and they'll stay until one thirty, two. No oftentimes. way. Yeah. E- even longer some days. Yeah. Just shooting the shit with each other, hanging out, you know. Are like, they self-employed or are they just, some, how of, they have some of them are, some of them work at offices. Uh, okay. Yeah. But they, those who work at offices must have some lenient, you know, rules yeah, must, regarding yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I have to like kick people out just cause no they, way. they don't, they don't leave. Yeah. yeah. Um, so many people told me that's the best hour of their day. And oh, that's, that's great. That's, that's up. That's what I want it to be for everybody. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. Am I going to achieve that for everybody? Absolutely not. But yep. that's my goal. Yeah. Right. I want yeah. them. I want them to spend as much time at the gym as possible. Yeah. Okay? Uh, when I sell memberships, uh, it's a premium price, right? You're not going to Planet Fitness and spending I don't know what is it twenty dollars a month or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, their business model is like sell as many memberships as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and they hope that people don't come right. If every single right. member came to say a Monday, they'd be, it'd be a zoo in there. Right. But they know people aren't, they know people are going to just buy a membership and most likely not come, but still yes. pay. Yep. I tell people like, especially if they're new, I want you to come as much as you can just because, you're going to see results really quickly. Um, it's going to get easier for you in terms of learning the movements and you're going to just develop good habits. Okay? Yes. It's going to be hard to do that if you come once a week, twice a week. Yes. And if you show up like five times a week, one week, and then you take a week off, it's just that, that inconsistency people have Yep. is going to be, it's one, it's harder for me to coach them just because We'll use uh, the clean and jerk, for example. If if they did the clean and jerk one week and then they stop coming consistently and don't see it again for a couple weeks or maybe yep. a month or two, then it's like doing it all over again. Starting all over again. Right. So these movements are, a lot of movements that we do are pretty complex and you just need practice and consistency with it. So do you, do you battle, do you, have you encountered a perception out there where like, crossfitters like they're kind of they're hardcore they're elitist they're they're super into it like they're too into it like it's too much of a lifestyle it's like that's a whole different do you do you encounter that or no yeah i mean there's definitely that group right okay because Um, i haven't experienced that like like i have experienced guys getting after it they're fit they're they're having i mean like you 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 work your ass off in, in these workouts but i have not encountered one person yet and maybe i've encountered them and i just didn't know this about them but to be honest with you i've not encountered one crossfit person who's like an elitist or snobby or looking down on others or feels like this is like the answer to the world's pro- you know what i mean yeah. like i've not encountered that at all yet well i tried to not harbor that type of person at my gym okay um if we do have those people people uh, they usually tend to weed themselves out eventually. At your gym? Yeah. Uh, or or in CrossFit in general? 
at my gym. Yeah, your gym. Okay. okay. There, there's there are gyms out there who are solely focused on like the the sport aspect of of CrossFit. Okay. And that that tends to be problematic for uh, <clears throat> memberships and just mm. overall attitude at the gym. Okay. So it does exist. Yeah. Yeah. There's a small yes, niche of people who are okay. who are like probably feeling like holier than thou about sure. their CrossFit abilities. Yep. But no, I try to, uh, I try not to let that be the, the focus at my gym. I've just never encountered it. And so the couple of times that it's come up, I just, I haven't understood it. It's not resonated with me. Yeah. Um, but this is what I'll say about planet fitness is like the fruits are the, you can tell how good the root is by its fruit, you know, and you can, in my opinion, this is what I would look at when I would consider what type of a gym do I want to go to is here's what I'm going to look at. I want to look at the people that go there Mm -hmm. and you can kind of judge based on that, how good that gym is. And in my opinion, Planet Fitness isn't doing a great job because, well, you could just kind of do a survey of the people that go to Planet Fitness and a survey of CrossFitters. Let's do a hundred each. And I will bet you some amount of money you pick that cr- the hundred CrossFitters are going to be in much better shape than the hundred Planet okay. Fitnessers. So you're talking about like aesthetic wise. I'm talking about ju- you can just tell they're more fit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand that's not the whole story, but yeah. it's got to be some of it, right? I yeah. mean, you can tell a lot about how fit someone is by the way they look. And you know, I just don't think that some of those gyms are they're too cheap and they don't require enough. They don't. There's no accountability. Um, I mean, you may as well just. You, I mean, I'm sure it works for some people, so don't you know completely misunderstand what I'm saying. Yeah. But it wouldn't work for me, yeah. Because I may as well just I may as well just do body weight workouts at home, right? I love, and this is the big. This is like to define CrossFit. It's high intensity functional movements and constantly varied, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole thing with CrossFit, yeah. Which which is both very well defined Done and on the research. other hand. Well, that that much I know. I mean, I don't. That's about that's, it. But that's the definition. That's the definition, yeah, and it's of both. CrossFit. Yeah, it's both very defined, and it's and it's also very undefined. Yeah. But that's what I like about it. I like the constant variation. Like I like variety. It's just my personality. I love high intensity. I love that we're not doing like for fifty minutes, like doing like working your butt off for fifty. It's too long. Mm-hmm. I love the seven, twelve, fifteen minute. Yeah. You know, that's just I really like that. Um, so, and I like the accountability and we've talked about this before, but you know, just coming into a class at a certain time with people like that's, it just really works. It works for me. No, uh, that, that group suffering is appealing for a ton of people. Yeah. A ton of people. Uh, go ahead. Like doing, doing burpees alone sucks, but when you have your buddies next to you suffering with you, it kind of alleviates some of that, some of that pain that you're going through. Yeah. So totally. What do you see are some of the common denominators from your more successful athletes? And by more successful, I guess I just mean your more fit athletes um, or the ones that it, like you can see that it's made more of a difference for them. What's the diff? What are the common denominators between that group and the group that's just not making gains? Being comfortable with getting uncomfortable. Right. So earlier we were talking about aesthetics. Okay. And this can go, I will, I'll argue this for pretty much any type of fitness that you're doing in order to look the way you want to look. And we'll use shredded and jacked. For example, you gotta be 
willing to push through that that pain. Okay, um, you're not going to look like Rich Froning if you're not willing to put. When that workout gets hard, you're not willing. If you're not willing to keep pushing, mm-hmm. you're not going to see the results you want to see. So. Mm-hmm. The people who look the way they want to look um, and who look really fit at our gym, they are, they've just gotten comfortable being uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, and that's pretty much what it boils down to. That's in, and that goes for all, all types of fitness. If you aren't willing to push yourself into that dark place, mm-hmm. you're not going to be seeing the results you want to see. Mm-hmm. And does that include um, being comfortable with being uncomfortable would include showing up three days a week if that's what you want to do? Three days a week, if you're looking for aesthetic goals, is like the bare minimum. Okay. It really is. I would like... So you can show up and do CrossFit three days a week, but one or two of those other days, okay, or maybe three of those other days, you should be ideally doing something. Okay. Okay. I like thinking about sweating a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then life is going to throw you stuff where you're going to be too busy to get around to that workout. So mm-hmm. like I try to work out every single day, but I know something's going to happen down the line where I'm not going to be able to work out. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be glad that I worked out the day before, even though it was 10 days in a row, because that next day um, I might not be able to get to work out. Okay. Okay. Yep. Or I might get sick or something happens where I don't, I'm not able to work out. Yeah. But being able to, when it starts hurting, when when your legs are burning from those air squats, but you just tell your mind you're going to keep going, you go mm-hmm. anyway, that's where the results really happen. Okay. okay? That's where you're going to get stronger. That's where you're going to start looking better. Yeah. Um, and then the beautiful part about that is once you look aesthetically, once you look the way you want to look, um, then you can kind of ease off on how hard you're pushing the workouts and get into this maintenance mode. Mm. Okay. We're like, if you're totally fine with uh, your six pack, okay, and you busted your ass getting there, like you went to the dark place every single workout or almost every single workout. And then you want to ease off in terms of how hard you're going to push in the workout. You can, and you'll pretty much look the same after that mm. period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, is this what you mostly do now? Like, how how hard are you beating yourself when you work out? Right. The past couple months, um, so I considered myself retired. Right. I'm still better than I was uh, in 2014 at some things, but. Right now, especially the past couple of weeks with this Corona stuff, like my mentally is just taking a toll on me. The stress I'm going through, um, we just moved and I don't have uh, my garage gym set up the way I want it to. Um, uh, so I'm just kind of just going through the motions right mm-hmm. now. Okay. I'm going to make it hurt, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to that very dark place that mm-hmm. I... I used to go to quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm kind of in like maintenance mode. I'm going to sweat, make it hurt, do what I can and just be, um, happy that I did it. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not worried about the whiteboard and, you know, beating this and that in person at the gym or trying to get a certain score or time. Yeah. Right now it's just, I'm just happy to sweat and work out. 
how uh, how soon can um well let's take me for example I've come and gone <clears throat> how soon if uh, let's say the gym opens back up again and I come five days a week would you say you know take it a little easy as you start but two weeks in just feel free to go as hard as you want you're not going to hurt yourself or I mean, can you, can, can people just, if they're doing CrossFit, can you just give it a hundred percent and not worry about hurting yourself? Mm. I mean, as long as your form's good. Yeah. Injury is very, the rate of injury in CrossFit is actually very low. Um, it, it does happen just like any physical activity that you do. Mm-hmm. It, it does happen. Uh, is it likely to happen if you're pushing harder? Like you could probably argue that, but, uh, do I suggest that everyone, like if you're if you're trying to hit those aesthetic goals that you might have, uh, do I suggest that you go balls to the wall every single workout as hard as you can? No, mm-hmm. no. I would say there should be like once or twice a week where you give it your absolute all. But those other days, you should be like focused on like eighty percent, ninety percent effort. Oh, okay. Okay, so like not every workout you should be killing yourself. Okay. Okay. Those days that you feel good. Um, maybe push the gas a little bit, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be every single workout mm-hmm. by no means. Yeah. Even Rich Froning and Matt Frazier and Tia Claire Toomey, they, they know that too. And they, yeah. they, they train that way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they know, and that's why, you know, there's, they kind of, they have a training cycle leading up to the CrossFit games where, you know, they'll, they'll do, they'll work up, at certain percentages, um, uh, how, how do I phrase this? Uh, they'll push themselves certain periods of time, right? Okay, at certain percentages, okay, okay? and then they'll kind of ease up leading up to the games, yeah, and so they can recover and then hit it at their best during the games or in competition. Yeah, okay, so, so they're yeah they're arranging some training, their training cycles, so they're yeah. at peak. They're ready for peak output. Right. Yeah. Output when the games hit. Yeah. Well, that, uh, speaking of motivation, because when I start to travel and things like that, that that's, that's, I have a really hard time working out when I'm on vacation or I'm traveling for business or whatever, that that's the first thing to go is yeah. like, and when you see video of who's that NFL player that caught that Sunday night catch with his finger, basically he was playing for the giants, Odell no, Beckham Jr. Okay. Um, uh, you, you don't watch much football? I don't. Really? Sports at all. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, <clears throat> I was seeing some videos of him working out at like 1130 at night because they were traveling somewhere. Like things like that. It's really inspiring. You know, if someone's, the only way to fit in a, a workout is like 1130 at night and you still do it. That's super inspiring for me. Yeah. What's going on in Cookville? So... <laughs> Um, Froning. What's the appeal? Yeah. What's fascinating to me is different areas have hotspots. So Nashville, healthcare, New York, finance. Um, In the shed industry, there's a lot of rent to own in like Paris, Tennessee. It's just something like that. That seems to be the way things work. Movies, Hollywood, you know? Yeah. Like it's... Um, Cookville has Froning and apparently Frazier and, and Tia Toomey now, and maybe some others that I don't know about. Yeah. Are they, is it, are they there to train under Froning or like what, what is it that attracts these top level talents to kind of cluster together? Well, I think the main reason for, uh, 
Frazier was that we don't have any income tax. Hmm. Right? So when he gets that million-dollar check for winning the CrossFit Games and his primary residence is Cookville, Tennessee, he gets to keep a little bit more of that money. Oh, interesting. Where was he from? Uh, I think Burlington, Vermont. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Um, So there's that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he likes the the kind of mountainous region of Cookville or Mm -hmm. Tennessee. Okay. So like, uh, I I remember seeing a video of him, like, uh, driving around. He's like, Oh, I could live here. Like Mm. I, I like the, the layout of the land. Um, and, and then Froning, he's got, you know, probably the premier CrossFit training facility in maybe the world or one of them. Oh, really? He owns CrossFit Mayhem, Mm -hmm. which is a massive, massive gym with all the equipment you you could ever need. Mm. Um, So there's that. And then uh, just the environment of athletes was uh was appealing to I think Frazier when mm. he when he decided to move here. Like mm-hmm. he could train with Frony if he wanted to or a bunch of Froning's teammates who are also super high caliber athletes. Mm-hmm. Um so the environment was was appealing to him too, I mm. think. Hmm. I'd imagine. But there's nothing like I don't know, have you been to Cookville? I've driven through Cookville. It's like I it's not it's kind of the middle of nowhere. Like yeah. it seems very country, you know, it doesn't yeah. feel like there's much there. No. But. Yeah. I've, I've only been a couple of times, never spent really any time in the city. Uh, but I'm assuming cost of living is pretty cheap. Sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, a $500,000 house in Cookville versus Nashville is going to get you something quite different. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, it's, fairly close to a major city and airport. So I think it's like 75 minutes from, I don't know. I haven't spent much time there, so I don't really mm-hmm. have any comment on, on the actual place. Yeah. I just find it fascinating how some of the top level, I mean, really the Frazier, well, who won last year? Who won the games in Frazier and Tia Frazier and Tia in 19. Yeah. Frazier's won. 16, 17, 18, 19, so four in a row. Oh, wow. So it went Froning four years in a row to Fraser four years in a row. Yeah, and if there's a games this year, you know, they might cancel because of Corona. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the, the Olympics have been, mm-hmm. I think, postponed. Uh, it's in crazy times. The Olympics insane. postponed. And you got so many athletes who have been training their asses off for You're so right for just, years. I, know. I mean, oh, could you imagine? And like, if uh, somebody gets injured in the next year, mm-hmm. when the game or when the Olympics were right exactly. after it's supposed to happen, it's just like so Ugh. many variables that are yeah. that are life altering. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. What was I saying? Well, we were just talking about all the top Frazier winning the last four years. Yeah, last four um, years. So yeah. I just find it fascinating how the top level sort of cluster. I assume they sort of build off each other too. Absolutely. Are, are they all being um, like? Is Frazier being coached by Froning? No. Okay. No. But uh, Frazier um, and Tia, if you care to know, Tia's married to Shane Orr. Did she get married? Yeah. In that she, documentary, they were still engaged. Yeah, she got okay. married. Um, and Shane Orr is her husband and he coaches her and he right. also recently started coaching Frazier and Frazier oh, and wow. Tia 
are training partners now and they like do everything together. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and they're, they, they're the best in the male division, best in the female. They do, you know, they feed off each other hmm. and it's probably a, a great and very effective duo. Yeah. In that documentary, Froning was coaching, I think it was Sarah. So is it Sarah Sigmund's daughter? Yeah, it sounds... It looked like he was coaching yeah. her anyway. She was uh, living there at the at the time, right? It in, could be. It didn't, it didn't mention that. Okay. It just looked like... It showed a couple of shots where he was coaching her, and it looked yeah. like he was... Um, where where are the where are where is Sarah and um, Iceland Iceland where is she from yeah. yeah there's a bunch of Icelandic girls who are like the best some of the best like hmm. Katrin Annie Thor's daughter who is pregnant now not competing uh, she won I think twice once or twice and then you have Katrin David's daughter mm-hmm. she won two years in a row. And then uh, you have Sarah Sigmund's daughter, who's like one of the best, but I think she's placed third before, second mm-hmm. or third, but never won. You think so it's just the genetic makeup? Genetics plays a huge role okay. in how good you are at anything. Yeah. It it really does. Yeah. Like you can you can put in the work, mm-hmm. okay? But if somebody is genetically more built for whatever it is that mm-hmm. they're doing, and then they put in the work, uh, right. they're probably going to be a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, it stands to reason like, for sure. Yeah. So. I've always felt like left-handed people have an advantage when it comes to, like, baseball and football, like, just, like, right. athletics like that. I don't know what that is. I, I've never heard any science behind it, but the most athletic people that I know, or the most athletic people I know with my friends, they're left-handed people. No idea why. Are you a lefty? No. No, huh? I'm not that athletic. My son, my son Atlas is a lefty. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, yeah. You have uh, those genetic uh, variables that do do play a role. Who for sure. uh, who inspires you? Like, who do you kind of follow or get inspiration from related to uh, diet and uh, exercise? Um, a lot of people. Uh, diet wise, probably, man, I have to give credit to Tim Ferriss. Mm. Like he, not his specific diet, but he was like, kind of like Michael Pollan, the catalyst to, uh, introducing me to a lot of different people who I became fans of. Hmm. Right. So a lot of people at all, it all kind of goes back to Tim Ferriss, my, yeah, that's pretty crazy to think about, actually. Um, but I don't know. Fitness, fitness wise, Greg Glassman, so the the owner and founder of CrossFit, just like knowledge knowledge wise about exercise and disease and all that type of stuff. I I got to give credit to him, and it's I'm not just like sucking up to CrossFit because I'm a CrossFit gym owner. It's just I've he's been very very appealing in his in his uh knowledge of things and just his delivery. He's kind of got mm. like this. I don't give a mm-hmm. crap attitude and mm. I, I'm appealed. I'm, I'm drawn to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, food wise, Chris Cresser, Chris Cresser, uh, he was a guy on the Joe Rogan podcast. He's, I think very even keeled about like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's not too dogmatic about certain things and that, 
that kind of pushes me away when people are like, this, this is the only way to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. So those two, I guess for fitness and, and diet. And the Greg, you mentioned Greg with CrossFit. Greg Glassman. Yeah. And he is not the, who's the guy that, uh, like kind of MCs the games. That's not Greg, right? Greg. No, he, he almost has nothing to do with the CrossFit games. And oh, okay. he, uh, it almost seems like he's not a huge proponent of the CrossFit Games. He really? a bunch of changes have happened in the past couple of years regarding the CrossFit Games. He defunded a whole bunch of stuff that was uh, that mo- whole bunch of money that was going into the CrossFit Games. He oh, wow. fired like over a hundred employees, I think, like that, who were working on the CrossFit Games. And this whole thing now is CrossFit Health. So. Mm what they were spending most of their money on was the CrossFit games. And Mm -hmm. in the past two years, they've changed that to CrossFit health. So their main goal now is, and it, it, and you could argue that it always has been, this is to get people healthy. Mm -hmm. Right. But too much of it, he felt was focused on the CrossFit games. I see. Yeah. So it's changed quite a bit. Now I know some gyms that do a CrossFit type workout, but they don't, they can't hang the CrossFit sign over the door. Because it saves them some money. Yeah. You felt like there's value in having actual CrossFit, being in an actual CrossFit gym. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I believe in the brand and the methodology so much that I'm willing to pay uh, yeah. to use the name. Yeah. I yeah. really am. Yeah. And I think I think I kind of understand their arguments. Although with the way I'm wired, it's like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if you're similar. Like, you're just not, it's not a CrossFit gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I mean... uh <laughs> In the past, especially I would say 10, five to 10 years, high intensity is like the type of workout to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And CrossFit is what brought that to, uh, yeah, brought that to the mainstream. Yeah. Okay. So you have a whole bunch of gyms, even in Nashville, who do like circuit training, high intensity circuit training. And what that generally is, is CrossFit. They just mm. don't call it CrossFit. Mm-hmm. CrossFit will be. CrossFit headquarters and their legal team will be all over your ass if you market yourself as CrossFit, but don't pay to use the oh, CrossFit okay. name. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you're going to be like, this is like a CrossFit type gym or very similar to CrossFit workout, they're like gonna they're going to on your ass. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, they should be door as the well. They day. should be. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if people want to use that for their benefit, they need to be paying for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have the ski erg. A kettlebell. Yeah, how, how long have we been at this? What time is it? I don't it? know. What time is it, Lincoln? It's one fifty. Are you still good on time? Yeah. Two hours? Uh, yeah, for two, two hours? Two, two hours and 11 minutes? Okay. Um, yeah, we so can I'd change, love to, change the tune up a little bit. Yeah. I'd love to hear you. Well, first of all, we have you on video. So kind of hear you talk through the skier, what parts of the body it uses, what kind of muscles it develops. Same for the kettlebell and even the barbell, and then show us like some form or some movements. And I'd even like with the kettlebell and barbell, I'd love to know like what are some of your, I don't know, what are the most useful movements or some of your favorite movements? That'd be great. Okay. Do you want me to talk into the mic or? Take the, um, you can take your headphones off and then just swing that mic. Oh. Swing that mic around and then just speak directly into the mic the best that you can. Yeah. So. All right. So if any of my members are listening, they, they hate the ski erg. Most people hate the ski erg. I don't know why it's 
probably I hate it. Of <laughs> <laughs> although I have been of, enjoying using it though. Right. Of the three machines that we have at the gym, the rower, the the assault bike, and the ski erg, uh, I would say pain wise, this is for me personally. This is the less painful. No matter how hard and fast you go, I think this is the less painful, hmm. the least painful. Um, but we bought these. Uh, we bought twelve of them just over a year ago. Uh, and I remember when you got them. Yeah, is that when you first joined? Uh, I, w- I was with you for some amount of time before we got them because I just remember getting them and being excited about because I'd never used one before yeah. and I'd seen them at the games. Yeah. Um, so super fun. So this is going to focus on your lats. Okay. So it's going to build those wings. Okay. Those wings, your lats right here, your triceps, a little bit, your core, um, and then a little bit of the posterior. Okay. A little bit of your legs, but it's, it's mostly upper body, mostly mm-hmm. upper body. Um, the first thing you're going to want to do for giving instructions is the handle is shaped a certain way. All right. You're going to want that fat part against your palm right here. Okay. The distance, you're going to be about hip width apart with your distance, hip width. Uh, and you're going to be, you're going to want to stand a little back from the monitor. So I like telling Mm -hmm. people you should be able to come like lean forward all the way without hitting your head on the monitor. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if I'm right here, and I lean forward and hit my head, it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back up until you can come all the way forward, mm-hmm. all the way forward without hitting your monitor. Okay, um, so you're going to keep kind of a slight bend in your arms, but reach up with your arms. They should be over your head. Okay, to initiate this movement, you're going to bring the torso forward. Okay, so it's like doing a sit-up. I know you're standing, okay, but you're going to close your hips and then after your hips have closed, you're going to pull those hands down to your pockets approximately, okay? The camera's set up in a way that you might not be able to see my, my, uh, the profile, but I'll do a couple strokes in real time. On the recovery on the way up, okay, my chest comes up first and then my arms follow and they go right back to that starting position, okay? At no point should your arms fully straighten out, okay? Like you shouldn't do a tricep extension Mm. in the back, all right? It's just wasted energy. You're just pulling down to your thighs and then popping back up. Mm -hmm. Pretty straightforward. It does take some practice though. Like there's a lot of faults that happen. A lot of people will get it. immediately like it just makes sense those people might have some skiing experience um but a lot of people it's going to take a lot of practice and that goes for pretty much every movement when you're coming when you're going up you mentioned okay you 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 want to use your body weight to pull down right and then you're using your arms pulling it about your pockets did you just mention you want to go chest up first and then arms yeah so if you if you look at my stroke on the recovery, the way up, you'll notice my chest rises first and then my arms. Okay. Okay. Let me hit a couple of those and you can give me some thoughts. Because I have been sort of enjoying 
learning this. Yeah. And uh, and I like what I feel like where the muscle gains would be. I feel like that I I want to grow there. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Decent. I mean, yeah, I could be, I could be really nitpicky about some things, but generally speaking, that's that's what you want it to look like. What would you nitpick on on that? Um, like you could probably bend your knees just a little bit more. Okay, you might not want to come as far down with the chest, but okay. And since you're a little bit shorter, popping up on on your way up to start the stroke. Yep. Popping up onto your tiptoes will help with that range of motion. Yep. Okay. So a machine like this and the rower, uh, taller people are at a slight advantage just Mm. because without trying, we can pull the handles a greater distance Mm -hmm. simply because we're taller. Yep. How tall are you? 6'2". Okay. And you're about 200 pounds? 205, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But Uh, tomorrow I can make myself 215. That's crazy. How, how would you day, do that? Seriously. At the end of the day, make myself back to 205. Would you eat, eat a lot of crap? You would. Okay. Eat a lot of high carb, um, fatty, fatty, salty foods. And then to lose it, I would have to sweat just a lot. Okay. I'd have to really, really sweat. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, the workout Murph, uh, I- yeah, I don't know what's all in Murph. I've heard of it so a ton of times. Murph is one of the more popular CrossFit workouts. It's a mo- it's done every Memorial Day. <clears throat> it's to benefit Michael Murphy, a, a fallen Navy SEAL. The wor- the movie, uh, there's a movie about it that came out recently with, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's a mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, mile run. So a ton of reps. Mm-hmm. There was one year where... I went into the workout weighing like 215, and by the time I was done with that workout, I weighed 205. <laughs> 10 pounds in the matter of That's insane. An hour. I've never heard the likes. I didn't even know that was possible. The what? I, I've never heard the likes. Like, I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah. To lose 10 pounds in a workout. Yeah. Um, what about uh, barbell and kettlebell? <clears throat> what would be some of your favorite movements so on that? The most beneficial movement with the kettlebell by far is the kettlebell swing okay you're you're pretty much working your entire body especially if you're going overhead american swings um that's the most common one you're gonna do and it's probably one of the easier ones to learn and it's just it's just working so many different muscle groups so that one is probably the best there's a whole bunch everything you can do with a barbell you can do with a, a kettlebell um, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that you can do with the kettlebell that we usually don't do in class simply because it's not as effective as the kettlebell swing in terms mm. of what we're trying to get out of it, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and, and, uh, um, yeah, and you can give us some, like show us some form on that, but what is the, what muscle group is a kettlebell swing hitting? I feel like it's the, the back's got to be involved, right? Yeah. Um, so if we're going American swings, we're, the swing portion, the popping the hips open, you're working those hamstrings, your glutes, your low back. Okay, those are the main ones there. All right. And then since we're going up all the way overhead, we're engaging some upper body. Okay. So your shoulders, um, <clears throat> upper back a little bit. 
All right, those are going to be worked. Uh, your grip, okay? So you're also going to be, especially if you're doing higher rep, you're going to work your grip, okay? So your forearms, uh, those are going to get a, a nice pump from the kettlebell swing, especially if you combine it with something with uh, like power cleans or pull-ups, something else that is uh, really grippy. Mm-hmm. But I'll show you some American swings. Mm-hmm. So we want that back. Always, pretty much whenever we're lifting, okay? Whenever we're lifting an implement, uh, you always want your back set, okay? So your your spine should be moving as one joint, all right? Uh, you don't want to round your back too much for pretty much any lift. Uh, that would go for the deadlift too? Right. Okay. For sure. Um, it's it, The kettlebell swing is a hip hinge movement, so we're basically just cl- opening and closing the hips, all right. Uh, the knees should have very slight, very slight flexion. All right. You're just unlocking your knees, but you're not bending them forward at all. Okay. That's a common fault in the kettlebell swing. Okay. So you want a pretty firm grip on the bell. Okay. You don't want that bell rotating in your palms for this. Double hand, okay? If you can get all your fingers inside the handle like that, that's preferred. Since we are doing American swings going overhead, having everything locked out. Head through, arm straight. Head through at the top, arm straight. But how about when you're coming up? Do you, do you have... Do you, it, didn't look like your elbows were staying locked out. Do you want them? Right. So there's, there's a couple of different variations, but you can kind of bend those arms and somewhat change the path of it to keep mm. it closer to the body mm-hmm. and then press it out. Mm-hmm. Or you can swing, keep those arms straight and make this like rainbow arch the whole time. Yeah. Which one do you normally do if you're doing a workout with kettlebell swings? So there the elbows are locked out. I'll, I'll bend the arms a little bit. Okay. Speeds it up just a little bit. Okay. okay. Try, I don't think I've ever tried that. But that hip extension uh, is where the real benefit happens. Mm-hmm. So keeping your arms straight uh, increases the range of motion, might work your grip a little bit more, but it's essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. Aside from a kettlebell swing, what would be some of the most common uses or best uses of a kettlebell? Kettlebell snatches, Turkish get-ups, kettlebell clean and jerks, goblet squats, goblet all squat. sorts of things. Yeah, um, okay. Goblet <clears throat> squat, you're holding it um, in between. Your elbows are out. You're holding it between your squatting. Right. So you can hold okay. it like this. Okay. okay. You can turn it upside down, hold it by the horns, Yep. I say. But I like to keep those... Like to keep those elbows in, mm. so that when you're in the bottom of the squat, they aren't hitting your knees. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like that. Elbows in, so they don't hit the knees when you're at the bottom of the squat. Keep it on your chest to help uh, that upright posture that you want in the squat. Yeah. So I could do that here. I need to do those because that would be good for that's legs. Absolutely. Yeah. And what were some of the other ones you mentioned? Um, kettlebell snatch, kettlebell clean and jerk. That's the snatch. The 
bell rotates in my hand. Yeah. The clean is up to this position. And you can go mm. ahead with it. So mm -hmm. Clean and press. It's the press and clean and push press. You can clean and jerk. Mm -hmm. There's a lot you can do with that. Wow. Yeah, and that's, that's just scratching the surface, yeah. really. Uh, <clears throat> on earlier last week, I made probably like 15 videos of 15 different movements you can do with the kettlebell. Yeah, on I saw that on YouTube, page. right? So if someone goes on YouTube and just puts in CrossFit Forte, yeah, they certainly find that. it. Okay. And then uh, if you're trying to do some kettlebell stuff and you're sick of doing kettlebell swings you can watch those videos and they're mm -hmm. demo they're just demos there's not like instruction on how to do it but mm -hmm. if you know how to do the kettlebell swing you should have a little bit more um <clears throat> you should be a little bit more ahead of the curve than just mm -hmm. learning from scratch yep yep deadlift that's probably Number one, one of the first movements you want to learn with the barbell, how to pick it up properly, right? Mm -hmm. From the deadlift, and you can go to like hang power cleans and then power clean and then squat clean and then clean and jerk. Probably don't want to go on the jerk first. You probably want to do some presses, push presses, and then push jerks and then split jerks. Um... And then squatting, like if you have a squat rack, front squat, back squat, mm -hmm. those are both very essential um, and basic barbell movements. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> for for uh, me at home or at the office here, wanting to work on arms, shoulders, <clears throat> upper body. So assuming that what we do is using that barbell sort of overhead or at least, you know, from the waist up, what would be some of the best movements to use there? This morning I was doing thrusters. Thrusters. Of all the barbell movements, the thruster is probably the most effective in terms of uh, full body workouts. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're putting the weight through a great range of motion, mm -hmm. right? So you're going, you're doing a front squat and then you're doing, you're going from your shoulders to overhead. Mm. Okay, so that barbell travels mm -hmm. a long distance, okay? And your your body's obviously traveling a long distance too by squatting and then going up overhead. So the thruster is probably the king in terms of uh, benefits of the barbell. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what others would be similar that uh, would benefit more parts of your body. So, I mean, you can, you know, if you want a full body exercise with the barbell, clean and jerk, okay? Especially if you're squat cleaning it and then split jerking it. So the barbell starts on the ground, you jump it to your shoulders, squat with it, stand up, and then you go overhead. Mm. Similar range of motion to the, uh, the thruster. And then you have the snatch, widen your grip up, and then you essentially jump the barbell overhead. If you're doing a squat snatch, you receive it going into the overhead squat, and then you stand it up. Mm -hmm. The Olympic lifts are, and thrusters are going to be definitely the most uh, mm -hmm. 
the highest range of motion. The longer yep. the range of motion, the more fatiguing the movement and it's going to be. Yep. Good. Thanks for showing us that. You can pull your mic back down and get comfortable again. Oh, I was going to ask this. When you are writing a workout, which, by the way, I can send you an email. That way you don't have to remember. But um, pull that mic down there again for you. What uh, I would totally take you up on writing some workouts for skier, kettlebell, barbell. Yeah. Um, what are you... How do you how do you go about writing a workout? Like, what is the science there? Like, you're mixing certain movements with other movements, and you're wor- and you're and then you have time. That's a factor. Like, what is the what's your what's the science? Like, what's your philosophy behind writing a good workout? Um, so it's kind of like solving a puzzle, right? Uh, certain days of the week, like Mondays, we're always going to focus on some type of squat. Okay. Uh, this is me personally at my gym. Tuesdays, we're always going to focus on some type of uh, some type of pressing. All right. So we'll go back Mondays. We'll front squat, back squat, or lunge. Okay. Um, generally, every single Monday, and then so that'll be the strength portion, and then the metcon will kind of complement the actual workout. The high intensity part will complement the the strength portion, mm-hmm. right? So if we did front squats on Monday for the strength portion, expect to do some type of other leg exercise in the Metcon, all right? Mm. Squatting is just so important to life that we're going to focus on it every single week. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do multiple workouts with squats every single week. Um, <clears throat> doing leg squats or workouts involving the legs there's so much musculature involved that it's just so much more taxing on the body too so mm. compared to like a shoulder press if you do mm-hmm. a front squat compared to a shoulder press at the same weight you're going to be using way more muscle doing the front squat all right mm. tuesdays we'll do some type of overhead stuff or bench press okay uh, and then the metcon will will complement complement that too okay i might take away the barbell if we did strict presses in the in the in the strength portion i might take away the barbell and we'll continue with pressing with like push-ups or handstand push-ups or ring dips something like that wednesdays we'll do some type of uh some type of pulling typically okay Mm -hmm. sometimes to change it up but pulling with the lower body so deadlifts cleans snatches something where you're using your posterior chain okay so we're hitting the anterior chain on monday with the squats or the lunges and don't get me wrong posterior chain chain is involved with that too tuesday we're hitting the upper body um and then wednesday lower body with the pulling thursday it just i just mix it up friday i do as well Um, oh really okay yeah but classic crossfit i try to keep it in uh keep things simple but enjoyable too mm-hmm. i try to make things appealing uh there's a lot of different variables i have to keep keep my eye on when i'm writing workouts <clears throat> equipment time domains uh feasibility for the general population uh do the do the movements complement each other like i can't do squat after squat after squat with different things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a whole bunch of things, pieces to the puzzle that I, mm-hmm. that I have to consider mm-hmm. to make it complete. Yeah. So are you, is the goal then for every day to give the, the kind of the full body, some range of motion or some work or every week? In other words, well, like some days you'll, you'll have a workout that, um, you're really not getting much legs say. But yeah. you're fine with that because, you know, you're going to be hitting legs the next day or the next or whatever. Right. It's fine. Right. So. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's something called periodization. That's, that's basically uh, you're planning. You're planning what you're, what you're going to be doing for the next week or next month or mm-hmm. next half year. Um, I try to keep that in mind, especially with the strength stuff that we do. Um, and it's... And it's difficult because I don't know when you're going to be coming to the gym. Mm-hmm. So I could write a perfect program for you, but if you don't come every single day, you're right. going to miss miss out on some of that. Yep. So for CrossFit gyms as a whole, they have to keep that into consideration yeah, as well. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so I hadn't thought about that. So that's a good that's a good reason actually to just come five days a week if you can, because then you're getting the full right smorgasbord right. of activity. Because if you came on Monday for just one week and you didn't hit another month, hit another Monday class for a month. Mm-hmm. You, you missed out on a good, good portion yeah, of squats that I we're see. doing. Yeah. So, yep. Yep. So I could mix it up like that. I could make squat day Monday this week and then Wednesday next week and then Tuesday next week. But I don't think that would work out as well. Yeah. People would still yep. miss random days. Right. And yep. so, yeah, totally. Well, great, man. Um, anything else you want to say related to all of this in closing? No. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Uh, it may not be the last time. Hopefully, before, uh, well, hopefully this virus passes quickly and we can get back in the gym. And the next time we have you on, your gym is prospering and better than ever. And good to go one can hope yeah these are these are crazy times yeah crazy times like it's hard to even wrap my head around every single time i wake up i have to like convince myself of what is actually going on in the world yeah well when you start to buy something and they're passing it through a closed door and you're passing the credit card in through a door that's open three inches and they're it's like man what is even happening right now it's so weird yeah it's so strange i'm glad i'm not in charge of a country or a city <laughs> be difficult. Yeah. Um, funny thing. When I pulled up this morning, are you, do you know your neighbor across the street? The guy who, who runs the wood shop? No. I think his name is Andy. Anyway, I've done, I've done quite a bit of business with him. He's made oh, okay. like all my boxes at the gym. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, uh, so I saw him this morning, we waved and then prior who's a, a personal training client of mine, Prior Baird. He lives right down the street with Andrea, who's also a member. Uh, he's kind of famous, hmm. famous country singer. Um, but he saw me walking into, he's like, he's like, hey, man, what are you doing over here? <laughs> I was like, hold on, bro. I got a podcast to record. Yeah. Leave me alone. I'll get yeah. back to you later. Yeah. I'm important. <laughs> so it's just funny. Two people, yeah. two people I ran into as soon as I pulled up. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great. Well, man, thanks for being on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. We'll talk next time. Absolutely.